Welcome to Talking Much as Elsley Fans Entertainment Talkie Podcast, and today we're rounding out our review of the year in review. That makes no sense. We're rounding out 2022 you for go. you in review. I am a poet. And Mike. Yes, I'm also Mike, and that's still Darren. Indeed. Uh, yeah, so usually TV is a bit more me-centric. Mm. You've seen a lot this year. I've done very well. I've still not done the stuff you'd want me to do. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I- I'm going to say this up top. I've not included anything on the list that I didn't finish. Okay, fair. So I've only included series that I saw back to front. Okay, Unfortunately, dope. that means I'm not going to be talking about Stranger Things or The Boys. Okay. Those are the those are the ones. Oh, or Andor, sorry, because those are the only ones I'm annoyed about. So I have to I have to have this conversation with you up front, right? Uh huh. So I don't know if I'm going to see Stranger Things. Why? Because because Ca- Caroline really doesn't like it. Uh... And I'm like, I'm two seasons behind. Oh. This season was basically fucking films. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a this is a big investment. The boys, um, I, like I can, I can get that done on my own. I've yes. been doing it like whilst I've been at work, basically. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> Had like my phone opened out and just been watching Amazon. That Pro. is a dangerous fucking thing to be watching in a work context. Not at my office. Oh. Just like in the desk, oh. on the desk behind you. Right. Okay. Because there's like a little slot for my phone on the screen. I did see just, that. Oh, I did bam, see that. Okay. Um, but Stranger Things, I'm like, I want to watch that on a big screen. Like, because mm. I know that they've put serious fucking effort in, and we love the first oh, yeah. two seasons. Yeah, yeah. But and I don't, she doesn't like it, which is really annoying. And then obviously, Andor, like, I I can't fucking get on board. I have tried episode three three times. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it, Darren. <laughs> I'll level with you. I get it. It is at the moment at number ten mm. on my. So if you, when you read the written version of this, I've only included a top five. I don't really have strong feelings about the top five, mm. but for the sake of a top ten, it is currently neck and neck with Taskmaster, and that's me taking both seasons into account. Oh, we did have a good season. Like, mm. Yeah, no, I preferred season fourteen. So the one at the start of the year that was the Alan Davis series, wasn't it? Yeah, which was okay. Alan Davis was good. Alan Davis was good. Um, Desiree Birch, I like. Desiree Birch was nice. Um, and then, but this, 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 this season the, was the, great. The latest season, which was the Darrow Breen, um, Sarah Millican, Sarah Millican, uh, the Scottish lady, and I can't remember her name. Fern Brady. Fern Brady. John Kearns. Yes. And, and Moan Rizwan. Yeah, not Moan Rizwan. It was, yeah, Moan was excellent. It was so good. I'm, you said something about this season because mm. I I just started it and you were like keeping up to it week to week. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, you I was like, I can't get on with this John Kearns chap. And and you said he has an absolutely spectacular episode. Yes, he does. That, that wins you around. I want to know which one you're on about. The one where he has to sabotage. Yes. Fern and Dara's task. It might be. So this is now unofficially the start of my list because I'm going to put this at number ten. Because okay. Yeah, I, I, I too struggled with Andor, but we'll cover that in a second. So yeah, <laughs> it was it was an excellent season. I must say, I am slightly more looking forward to next season because the Mad Bastards have got f- fucking <laughs> Frankie Boyle <laughs> in Taskmaster. You mad fuckers <laughs> putting him on a nine o'clock show. Jesus. Oh my God. Maybe well, he's going to win really, that season, clearly. Maybe he's really nice. And like he just, he, we've seen him in bad context and stuff. But 
That is a bold move for what is otherwise a relatively straightforward, family-friendly show. I know it's got to be a swearing and stuff in mm. there, but it's not like it's vulgar necessarily. No, it's you put Frankie <laughs> Boyle in. <laughs> you pick the guy who wrote Tramadol Nights to be on Taskmaster. <laughs> like I love Frankie Boyle, but Tramadol Nights, even I thought, was just too mm-hmm. fucking grim. Yes, and miserable. Thing. I, yeah, it's it looks like a good lineup. To be fair, it's, it's him. It's I'm I'm gonna I'm not good at names. I've not looked this up, so I can't help you. Oh, out I will help you. Out. Um, <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you said the title. That's how you get them. Um, um, I've got I've saw twenty full seasons this sweet. year. Sweet, and you still didn't find time to, watch to the finish book. the boys or finish Andor or I mean, there's a bunch of things I didn't get round to. Wow. Do. Okay. So, um, is there any you want to talk about that we're in like the kind of the let's call them only rands? Um, the what? The, the the also runs is the word. The word I was also, for. as in like I was also watching but didn't finish. Yes, sorry, I've now got the list. Okay. So Frankie Boyle is very much because you can always tell there's the high earner, mm. the two. Oh, I, I know those. You've got them good. The the kind of middling on the way up comedian, and then the who are you? They them uh, either that you have no idea who they are. You're like they don't really fit here. Mm. Frankie Boyle is your headliner. Yep. They've got Ivo Graham. He's been on a few things. He's been on a few he's, things. He was on yeah, Catherine good. Ryan's um, Amazon Prime stand-up variety thing. Ah. And he was quite good there, so I, I'm okay I, with that. What I've seen is good. May Martin, who is Hang on. more known for oh, her Oh, she's sitcom. got a show on Netflix. Goodbye. Yes. With the, the lady from Ghosts. Yes, um, that's the one. Who... The, who was just absolutely dreadful on Taskmaster. Yeah, but she was fun. She was just bad at her oh, job. I really like her, but good God, could she not complete a task? Ironically, speaking of ghosts, mm. um, her husband in that. Oh, Mike from Ghosts. Mike from Ghosts ah, is going to be in this season. Yes, That's but, your on the riser, surely. Uh, yeah, the other one. It's fucking Jenny Eclair. Who's oh. as funny as fucking spinal surgery. So oh, I'd like, Jesus. I'm not. Uh. To be fair, that is how I felt when I saw that Sarah Milliken was in this season. And then she was she was fine. Effortlessly funny. Usually they're all right. There's only been a few where I'm like, oh, they're on it like um Richard Herring. I don't I, like I get it. If you don't listen to his Lesser Square podcast, then it's like <laughs> you not you don't like Richard no, Herring. Basically. I think that was the one season we like just Nope. No. Not doing that one. It's the um the Russell Howard one. Because I'd also had Tim Vine in it, who I know you love. I fucking you hate love. Tim Vine. <laughs> don't, don't listen to him. He loves Tim Vine. And the um, the Johnny Vegas season, we also abandoned Tim Oh, the Vine Johnny Vegas well. season. That was the first COVID one, wasn't it? Or was it the first Channel 4 one? I think it was, it was the first Channel 4 one. Because it also had What's-A-Face from um, uh, This Country. Oh, well, and yeah. Herring. Daisy May Cooper. I couldn't get on with Daisy May Cooper. So we banned a ship on that one. So, yeah, that's Taskmaster. Um, <laughs> that's my number 10. That's so, the, yeah. The of... first 10 minutes of the show we spent on Taskmaster. There you go. Sake. So, what you. I'm guessing Obi Wan has not made your top 10. It hasn't. It's not even the worst thing I saw this year, though. Well, I don't think it was bad. Now, admittedly, this was. The first pick of the draft we had for 2022 was you. Well, when we got to the TV room, was you taking Obi Wan Kenobi for me and me being quite annoyed about yep. that? Yeah, I'm now actually okay yeah. about your choice here because it, it was thoroughly all right, too bad. Actually, no, the first episode is awful, it's not good. It's that it's the, the terrible 
flea versus child chase sequence. Oh, yeah. That is categorically, and I say this with knowledge of episode two, mm. and to some degree episode one, with knowledge of episode eight, with knowledge of the holiday special, yeah. with knowledge of the droids animated series, yes. the worst thing in Star Wars. The singular worst sequence in oh, any Star Wars media. You, I include that. Chewbacca gets killed by the moon. <laughs> Technically a comic book, but yeah. still stand. Um, yeah, it's not great, and I don't feel it. Ever, it it gets you there, but there is always a fundamental problem, right? Of like, well, he's gonna have to fight Vader at some point. Yeah. Otherwise, why is this series here? Because we've already done the more thing. But one, you know what the outcome is, and two, like it doesn't narratively achieve anything. Mm. And I don't feel you came away from that show with a sense of like. If given deeper context to what comes after, given deeper context to what came before, like the fight scene itself in episode I've, whatever six? last one is six, yeah, is good, and you do get that fantastic bit of uh, yes. dialogue. The uh, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. Yes, but I liked all of that, and it is a Hayden Christensen redemption. Yes, but like the 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 journey there was was hard, and we were only that this this. Above the sequels sounded like we are only here because of nostalgia. Oh yeah, hundred mm. percent. Particularly our generation, where the prequels are our Star Wars for better or for worse. Yeah, we have to own that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have to wear it with a badge of honor and just and move on with life. I think there's so many leaps of like because it has to be between two things that it can't be narratively satisfying. Case in point: Darth Vader has Obi Wan fucked in episode three yeah. right he's dr- literally dragging him across the coals and then just lets him go just seemingly on a whim just goes oh oh he's getting away oh, i'm not gonna mm. bother chasing him i'm using my massive force powers i've just used to extinguish fire no fucking problem to drag him back here and that's the problem because this franchise has figured out how to use mid-story vader very effectively mm. i point i'm mostly pointing at fucking jedi, jedi yeah, order. yeah. Because, like, you know that he's the b- baddest motherfucker and you know none of these characters appear after this exactly. point. So he, he's like the zombies in The Walking Dead. It's like they turn up and it's a problem. Yes. So, like, you're like, oh, fuck, Vader's here. Panic, panic. These characters yeah. I'm now attached to are in danger of being killed. Pointing, the point of that is, like, when he gets to fight Reaver hmm. and he just completely fucking, no problems, oh, uh, breaks a light over half, chucks it back at her with the disrespect. Yep. Beats her up with her fucking lightsaber. <laughs> like, Vader's not the problem here. No. If anything, it's just it enhanced his legend. It's fine. Yep. It's just... You, you had the you had two options. Oh, that is such a big dick move. It is, right? It's so fucking great. You have two options on the table. You either do a Vader story with Obi-Wan, or you do literally anything else. Mm. And they went with option A, because then it means you get to have Vader in the trailers. But I'm like, but that then means that you can't have any interesting story going on because it has to maintain the status quo. If you go with other things, even the introduction of a layer isn't necessarily the worst thing. Hmm. The worst thing. Okay. But if it was that and it was Sans Vader, or if it was just the Inquisitors, that's fine. Hmm. Just leave Vader alone because then you have to you have to pay it off. You have no choice. You are handcuffed. And that ultimately means you've got to play it safe at the end and that's not what we want. It doesn't. It also doesn't work with the when I let the when we last met you with the what is oh fuck what's yeah, that um, like? um, when I met you I was but the learner but now I am the master. But 
works in three. Yes. Like a transition from three to four. Yeah, the last time you saw him, you were cutting his legs off and leaving him in lava. No, not so much. Now you pelted him with rocks. So, well, I'll let you in and let you know that Andor isn't necessarily better. Okay. I, I don't blame you for not finishing it because it it's the first Star Wars media, other than Clone Wars, which is a lot longer and a lot has other things going on, that I just didn't have that like immediate when Mandalorian come out. It, you were in episode one. Like. Second we finished work, we were watching, we were watching Mandalorian. Even Book of Boba Fett, for its sins, was a similar case. I tell you when Boba Fett did get to that level, uh-huh. which is the epi- end of the fourth episode, where you just hear the... Like, oh, it's a Mando episode. Oh, okay, next, cool. next, next episode, it gets good. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, I, I went... At some point, three weeks without bothering to watch an Andor. Just yep. like, I wanted to be up to, I got up to speed by the time it finished, but I was just like, it's just not grabbing me. But at the same point, it's like, this is what I wanted. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong here. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. I, no, this is like serious storytelling. Swearing. Yes. Hello. He said a shit word. Oh, there's, there's a great one in the end oh. when, um, uh, fucking Aunt Petunia, I can't remember a Star Wars name, <laughs> but Aunt Petunia goes, in the like, the last bit, we have to fight these bastards, and she proper mm, gets all the phlegm she can muster. <laughs> bastards! And it's very cathartic. And the last episode works; it works a lot better than the Obi Wan finale did. Mm. But yeah, there's just, there's a there's a disconnect, and I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, other mm. than maybe it's just a bit boring. Yeah. And I don't feel I, I I feel a season two can rectify some of the problems, but no, it just doesn't. It there, there's no it doesn't click, and it at no point finds its feet enough to make it appointment viewing. I, ju- I just think when it comes to Star Wars post Disney buyout, mm. the interesting stuff has been the stuff that's been doing something tangibly different, yes, and not been playing with legacy. No. So like Mandalorian, say Lego for a second. <laughs> I mean, if he played, with, the thing is, when he played with Lego, when they released Skywalker Saga, it was fine. It's fucking good. So it's okay. It's ju- it's the so like the sequel trilogy it is not good. It is on the whole, it is the prequel trilogy, but in reverse, where the first one's really good, and the next, the, the last two are diminishing return. Yes, yes. It's not the it's not the prequel trilogy. Mandalorian. One of the greatest shows on TV at the moment. Oh, can't wait. That third season trailer. There are so many Mandalorians in it. I am so excited for basically what's going to be fucking Game of Thrones on Mandalore. Oh, fuck oh, yes. Give We've it to me more now. 66 stuff just sprinkled in that yeah. trailer, you dirty boys. Um, oh. It looks, it looks mint. We're going to have more fucking Baby Yoda being an absolute force badass. That we are. I'm so it's, excited. I, it's going to be a strong year for Star Wars this year, I think, than it was last year. Because yep. again, this and uh, Jedi, Jedi Star Wars. Survivor. Oh my good God. So, oh, um, that's um, one of their uh, <laughs> done. Let's move over to the Marvel side of things. Okay. Did you watch She-Hulk or Miss Marvel? You know I watched both. We reviewed oh, both. Fucking... Oh, God. Yeah, we have got full reviews. Both yep. of those, of course. In short, one's absolutely dreadful, and the other one is pretty good for two episodes, and otherwise inconsequential because it's not for us. I mean, neither of them are for us. I don't. I don't. Yeah, think... but one's actively bad. One, it doesn't even appeal to the audience. It's trying to appeal. Would that to. be Miss Marvel? No, no. 
Oh, She-Hulk. Oh, She-Hulk is the one you don't like. I, I, tr- I tried to force Caroline through some episodes. Admittedly, she wasn't very well, so maybe there was a bad time. She, uh. was, she was actively like, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Problematic. Yeah. yeah. I completely forgot we reviewed <laughs> This is how I feel about both Andor, to varying degrees, both Andor and She-Hulk. Mm. There are people on Twitter who I'm convinced are trying to gaslight me into them being good. Yeah, Andor reviewed well. Like... Really well. Really, like, like articles coming out from places that are like, Andor is the best Star Wars thing, period. Ah! Like, absolutely fucking not. Uh-uh. And then, and then no one, one of the... No one's saying that about She-Hulk, are they? Uh, well, th- what they're saying about She-Hulk, there's there's writers and artists for Marvel f- for Marvel who are currently working there who are putting out tweets like, in the time that I was working on She-Hulk, I can tell you this is the most accurate adaptation of any Marvel property. I'm like, just no, <laughs> just no. Basically, I was just gonna, no. I was gonna say just because it's an a- an accurate adaptation doesn't make it a good film. No. So, but also it's not good. Nah. It is actively bad. In many ways, it does not utilize the good parts of that cast in any way, no. shape, or form. Tatiana Maslany, especially, who's been forced to read some of the most fucking asinine scripts mm. to make to make Jennifer Walters an actively detestable character, which is not what we wanted. We wanted to like her. I want to like these characters. See, I I liked it more than you did. I I think I I. I didn't find Jennifer Walters to be that bad. Plus, it had a Daredevil episode. I can't truly hate it. Oh, yeah, the Daredevil episode. It does have a Daredevil episode. It does have a Daredevil episode. Where Daredevil fucks. So, I can't can't bring myself to hate it, Michael, because it did give me that. Um, Yeah, but there's a Daredevil series coming. Oh, there is a Daredevil season coming. It's just not not this this year. year. Fuck. Um, and they've pushed Echo back, so... Oh, will that be the bloodbath of next year? Oh, my God. It's just desperately scrambling We're not going to gonna be... be fighting over Echo. Who gives a shit? Oh, no, I meant Daredevil next year. Is that going to be... Well, this is the thing. Is Daredevil coming out in 2024? I think that's when it's scheduled. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come out at that time, no. but I guess like, that'll be... Because everything's in trouble. Every Marvel property's in trouble, apparently. Is it? Outside of the ones that they've like nailed on the release and they've, they've filmed and it's done. Yeah, yeah. Apart from that, Blade's in trouble. Blade's in trouble. Um, Eternals 2 may or may not exist. I mean, I hope it doesn't. Um, Agatha Coven Coven of of Chaos, is it now? Yes, that's on. Had a big casting spree. Yes. And then immediately got taken off the the shelf. It was just like, don't ignore that. Echo's got been pushed back. Loki season 2 hasn't. Yeah. So we've got that coming. Mm -hmm. Um. And other things. Oh, Ironheart. Ironheart got pushed back as well. So I didn't know that. There you go. Ah. Marvel's not doing very well right now. <laughs> no, and to be well, to be fair, there was one Marvel thing we haven't mentioned. Yes. But I presume that's going to be mentioned later on. Uh, you want to be at the holiday specials? No. I am Groot? No. I don't remember then. Moon Knight wasn't this year, was it? Moon Knight was this year. Fuck, I need to adjust my list then. That was January, my son. Okay, I need to double check. You, you please do, because if it isn't, I've got to change. I've got to change the list. I, I don't. <laughs> when did Moon Knight come out? Oh no, it was this year. It was this year. Yeah, have you got this rewrite? It was March this. <laughs> well, the year just gone. Oh bugger! Oh bugger! Yeah, I've got to put. <laughs> I've got to put Moon Knight in there. I completely missed it out. You silly, silly sausage! Oh no! 
Oh, no. Um, do you want to start the top 10 then, Darren? I'll get us started <laughs> on the top 10 then, Michael. Well, Taskmaster was my number 10. Yep. Um, but to buy you some time. Yep. Okay. I can do a number 10 because I know where, I know okay. just about where Moon Knight's going to slip for it. in. Um, that unfortunately means Cyberpunk Edgerun has been pushed out the top 10. And we're not talking about it. Um, oh, well. Who cares? Uh, it's a good anime series. Uh, my tenth best series. Well, I won't spend very long because it's a very uncomplicated pick. It's Our Flag Means Death. Right. Uh, this this could get in there because it's finally fucking got here. Yep. It's on BBC. It's all on the red button. We've uh, got we about HBO four. Ma- we HBO maxed it. We've got about four episodes in. Hmm. Liking it so far. But yeah, I heard it just it build and build and build. Blackbeard has only just turned up in. Oh what we've boy, that. you've mm. got all the best episodes to come excellent it's it's great it's really good i i understand that this has become like a cornerstone for people like the the, the fandom online for this is mm. it it's it's quite widespread but good i don't without spoiling too much it it, it, it has um garnered the attention of a certain um i am aware you're aware of I... how gay the series is uh, it's just been nominated for a load of GLAAD awards, so well, there you go. If I wasn't. <laughs> I am now. So it is. It is wonderfully gay. <laughs> Excellent. So, so yeah, that's that's fantastic. I think that all of the cast are great. There is there, there isn't one piece of dead weight in mm. that cast, which is great considering that it is. It's a comedic ensemble for characters. I'm sure are going to go on to be stars yes. in a lot of other things, as well as Bruce Darby and Taika Waititi, who are. A fantastic double act. I can imagine. I'm just happy that Hodor gets to say more than three like three words. Yes. So that's good. And he's actually speaking in his Scottish accent. So I was like, yep. this is this is excellent. It's very um, good. Yeah, so far so good. Really liking it. It's it's become now the standard. If we're both at home, we will watch this during our lunch break thing. Mm. So yeah, that that may that may have snuck in. Signs are good. But unfortunately, they held off for some fucking reason yep. until this year. Um, season two at the end of this, was end of 2023, I think. That sounds about right. Assuming that we get it yep. at the same time. Um, I've just realised I've left Ghosts off of here, which did have a strong oh, season. Oh, fuck Ghosts. God um, damn it. Also, House of the Dragon did make the top ten. Because it has a really shit start. It <laughs> just about gets there in the end. Was it that it's... really like weird bit at the start where he was just dancing shirtless? On Game of Thrones? Yeah. Hey, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I know where you're going the with this. anger in the realisation. No. We're not playing the have sex song. <laughs> no. You bastard. You son of a bitch. I really thought about it because there's a lot of being topless in fucking House of the Dragon. But no, it's it's a fuck you. It's a really it's a really boring first three episodes where it's like, yeah. why are we dealing with boring fucking Targaryens for the love of God? It gets there mm. just yeah. and there's promise of dragon wars. Okay. So I'm into that. That'd be cool. And it's a dragon wars where we know all the dragons pretty much have to die because because they're not in the main series. So exactly that. So that was good. So Do- that they both miss out. And of course, Matt Smith does. Have sex. Have sex. sex. <laughs> so instead at number nine, we have yep. season two of The Outlaws, uh, Stephen Merchant's show. Um, still good. I think it's 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 best to watch, now they're both out, watch season one and season two back to back because they do pretty much... I think there's not even like a 30 second gap between the end of the first season and the start of the second one because they filmed them back to back because they only had Christopher Walken for a certain amount of time. Mm. Um, 
it's really good. The 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 it's a really it's got a really interesting set of characters that gives, and they give like pretty interesting things for them to do in this second season. So in the first season, they were just a bunch of people thrown together by circumstance and got caught up in a drug ring due to some money that was taken. Uh, not to spoil too much, but in the second season, they basically have to set up their own drug trade to pay back this money. Oh, fun. Very interesting still. Very, Stephen Merchant very much shoulders most of the comedy side of things and leaves out some of the... It is kind of a dramedy. Mm. I hate that fucking word. <laughs> but it, it's it's good. It, it, it ticks all the boxes. It still delivers good laughs pretty much all the way through. And... The main character of Rani, they've left it in such an interesting place. She's mm. such an interesting character study of, like, the, the goody two-shoes who quite clearly likes being a crime boss <laughs> and he's not necessarily ready to give it up once she can. And it leaves it in a really interesting position. I don't know if it's going to get season three. They haven't confirmed it. Stephen Merchant's certainly campaigning for it, but... It's it's left a little bit open ended whether it it can end at the end of season two if it wanted to it's not as satisfying but yeah I'd like to see a season three because I think they've they've created a character that can have a lot of interesting ways to go should they choose to do it mm. but uh, if you haven't yet check out the Outlaws this one won't take long because mm. I know that Darren doesn't want to talk about it my number nine is Pistol because I thoroughly enjoyed it the uh, fuck is Pistol it's based on the Sex Pistols yeah. I knew you wouldn't like it. No, I wouldn't. But be thankful it. it's not in the top five. Okay, uh, <laughs> there you go. I do think it's quite well cast. I think they've really played on the idea of youth and rebellion on this, as you might expect. Um, the guy who plays Johnny Rotten is surprisingly brilliant. Right, Anson Boone. He's he turned up in uh, the Lord of the Rings series that I haven't watched because I'm not watching a Lord of the Rings series. I watched two episodes and then went mm, no, <laughs> no, no. I heard nothing but like the first two episodes are good and then it's downhill from there. Basically, oh, Christ, that's not a that's yeah, that's not an endorsement. No, um, particularly. Uh, so there you go. Um, I, I thought I think there's some pretty good performances on the whole, but I th- what I appreciate on this is that you you get a very good sense of like where the artistic integrity left you right. know what i mean like okay. you get an idea that these guys wanted to be like the steve jones character is the most interesting one mm. in the sense that like you don't think of the sex pistols as musically competent people you think of them as a protest band which is more than fair but basically everybody outside of johnny rotten was incredibly fucking talented right and johnny rotten himself whilst not particularly being a strong singer yeah at the very least lived that lifestyle mm. was the face of punk rock yeah. rebellious youth um the bravery of this to come around around the jubilee was something <laughs> else as well <laughs> i didn't even realize that yeah oh the that is beautiful absolute bravery and i applaud it and and it does feel like it's taking risks and what it's mm. telling you about these people yeah especially the i'm gonna have to look it up i know that it was one of the kids from uh I, I think he might have been in a Jurassic World. Oh, I might be wrong on that one. Let me just double check. Go it, on. It is uh, da, 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 pistol miniseries. I am stumped all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Thomas Brody Sangster, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, so he was in Game of Thrones. He was Jojen Reed. Um, he was in. Oh yeah. He's in the Nan McPhee films. He's Love uh, Actually. Yeah, he's Love Actually, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. I don't know whether he was. Oh, he was actually apparently in. Um, 
He, he was the first Order officer in Force Awakens. Who knew? Yes, he was. For some reason. But they're all great. Um, just, just I just love the cast. I just think they're really good. So the guy who plays Steve Jones, Toby Wallace, is going to go on to do some fucking great stuff. And they do a recreation of that really famous interview where they just called out the interview for being a dirty bastard. Right. And the whole thing is, oh, good. No, they're saying a swear on TV. Help. Help. Yeah, right. which is fantastic. Mm. I, I know you're not into it, so I'm not going to try and win you over. Thanks, Dave. I, I'm just going to say, for those who are interested, it's a pretty good story with a surprisingly wholesome last 20 minutes. I don't know why, but it's great. I feel like whenever they get around to making the Hogan series, I might have to do a similar, like, I know you don't care, but... <laughs> is this the... Didn't you pitch a... No. No, I pitched the Shawn Michaels series. Th- that doing, was it. They, they lung me to doing a Hogan series with Chris Hemsworth being Hogan. Mm. But I think they've realised, yeah, Hogan's not a good person. Yeah. And I don't think Chris Hemsworth, unless they're going to fucking do a hatchet job, I don't think Chris Hemsworth wants to play Hulk Hogan that badly. They should definitely so. do the Shawn Michaels thing that you pitched. I oh, basically great. just want to see Daniel Radcliffe doing fucking... Doing X-Pac shit. Yeah. Yeah, that would be lovely. Um... <laughs> Right, number eight. I know you've probably got it on your top ten, so yes. do feel free to jump in. It's Wednesday. Yeah, is uh, very much in the top ten. I'll tell you right now, it's at number five. Okay. Um, this may be the first Tim Burton thing I've ever liked. Because <laughs> I don't like Tim Burton stuff. You don't like Tim Burton stuff? Don't like Nightmare Before Christmas? His Willy Wonka movie, I accept he's a pile of shit. Yeah, it's complete but shit. But it does have some very fucking catchy songs. Very <laughs> annoying. Uh, so on and so forth. Um, but so, Corpse Bride, Sweeney no, Todd, no, Frank and Weenie. No, um, I don't think I've seen Frank and Weenie. Ba- uh, Batman. The, oh, the original. No, I don't think I like the original Batmans. Really? No, not really. Oh, I, I don't like Jack Nicholson, so that's that's that one out. And this one you round? And this one we round? I get it. Because I fucking love the Addams Family. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate... Hang on, Burton directed the 90s, the sorry, mm. late 80s. Kind of misconception. No, he didn't. Did he not? No. Oh. Because I thought he did as well, but no, they were like, no, this is... They've tried to get him to do Adam Sandler stuff since then. Yeah. But this is the first time they actually managed to nail him down to do it. Ah. So I I appreciate that it's not... <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Yeah. I appreciate that it's not overly Tim Burton. Yes. It's not, there's no claymation. There's no nothing. He's, he's dialed it back a little bit. Mm. And it feels like the most modern thing he's ever done of like, well, let's take Wednesday Adams and put her in a new situation. Mm. Take her away from the family dynamic and put her in college and see what happens. I I didn't think on paper it was going to work this yeah. well. Or it works well. It's phenomenally good. Better than it has any right to be. Mm. I I put most of that praise onto General Taker. Yes. My God. Like, apparently she was she had to fight tooth and fucking nail to get it to be as grim and dour as, mm. as she is. The only like I, I, all the casting's good. I think Catherine Zeta Jones looks great as Morticia, mm. but I don't know if she's got that kind of charisma you need to to really nail the thing. I get that. Louise Guzman. Oh my god, he's having a while of time. <laughs> I appreciate the fact. That they that him and the guy that plays Pugsley, yes, like they've nailed the Adams family because Gomez and Pugsley just need to be shit lads, yeah, just shit, <laughs> shit, shit lads who love their fucking women, yep, and and are just massively appreciative of like 
all the awesomeness in their life because they are ultimately <laughs> shit lads. You know that that one Will Smith meme, not the one you're thinking of, mm. the other one where he's just doing a, a visual jokes on an audio. Yes. But he's do- that yes. that pose of presenting his wife. That's Gomez. I'm just like, holy fuck! <laughs> Look what I pulled. And you get that though, because because yeah, yeah. Luis Guzman is basically just going, "I'm married to Catherine Zeta-Jones in this series." Fuck yes, fucking ace. It's <laughs> I, 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 the high praise I have. The Uncle Fester episode. Oh, it's so fucking good. great. Fred Armisen is someone I blow hot and cold on, but fuck me, he's good as Uncle Fester. <laughs> it's the best episode by a country mile. The only bit I don't like, mm. it's a bit of like, it's a bit of a disconnect I have, is that there's several boys fawning over Wednesday Adams. Yeah, I was, I wanted to talk about this in mind. It's like the thing that knocks it down is that doesn't make sense. No, it should be there should only be one, and the reason why he is interested yeah. is nefarious. Yes, because she has no redeeming qualities. And I appreciate that they've stuck to Ed and Jones being an arsehole. Yes. But like, but then people want to be her friend and call her special and find her hot. And I'm like, but she, it's not like she occasionally cracks and says something nice or does a nice thing. No, she's stonewall awful the whole time. But narratively, people have to be interested in her. I will say this, though. There's, there is something refreshing in doing something based in and around like a, a pubescent era school, if you know what I mean. Yes, of like, like all these pent up teenagers that just want to fuck, mm. and having a and having a character in the lead role that is one hundred percent honest, one hundred percent of the yes. time, and it just goes, "No, you're all fucking weird. I'm gonna solve this murder," or just going, "Listen, I'm only telling you this," and like, "Yeah, I snuck into that office." Big fucking whoopsie. Yeah. Here's the info you're after. You're fucking welcome. That's refreshing to not mm. have to deal with any gossip girl type shit. I appreciate that. It it, it, it works despite the flaw I think that I have with it. Yes. Because everything else works as well. It's mm. just, it's again, it's me overthinking things. It's like, well, the, the, the lad who works at the coffee shop, I'm like, other than finding like Wednesday hot, what is there to go on here? Because... She's mean to him and uses him consistently the whole time. Yeah. So I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. And her friend at school, she fucking, she's awful to her the whole time. Just I mean, like, they, they do. Friend. They explain that pretty well in that this it, they have pa- a pack culture. Yes. So and and it, it borders on Harry Potter, which shouldn't be no an insult. No. But it does. It borders on the welcome to the magical school, but doesn't go too twee. No. Which I do appreciate. It's just like, Shift. yeah, I, I like the idea that the school only exists as basically a reprimandation for all the shit that happened in the past in this town. I mean, I know I, I lay all of the praise at General Tager's feet and mm. everybody does because she's fucking great. Yes. If they don't cast Hunter Doohan, who plays Tyler, as Harry Osborne, Mm. I will lose my fucking mind. I know. This kid is perfect for that role. I was also just happy to see Gwendolyn Christie get to be glamorous for once. Yeah, and and to be nice. And not have to be fucking Brienne of Tar fucking (laughs) fuckly but awesome and murdering people with a big sword every fucking week. Yeah, or just stick her in a helmet, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm just glad she got to be cool and and fun. Um, Yeah, that's my number eight. Mm-hmm. My number eight, then, is... I have to get off the Wednesday page. Um, it is Inside Job 
in specifically season two, although both, I'm going to judge it as a whole. It's uh-huh. been released in two parts. Right. Um, this is basically Netflix's uh, Adult Swim level quality cartoon series. Right. It is knocking jokes out the park every single goddamn episode. Uh-huh. It's basically imagine Future Armor if instead of they worked for a um, delivery company, they worked for the deep state. Right, okay. And you're halfway to understanding the premise. Right. Which is good. So it, it centers around um Rand so there's a guy, there's an old dude played by Christian Slater called Rand Ridley who used to run the deep state mm-hmm. and no longer does. He now is a homeless wreck. Right. Uh, it's his daughter, um, who's the main character, whose fucking name I've completely forgotten. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look we'll it up. Call her Schnoo. We won't call her Schnoo. We'll call her by her actual. Could call her Schnoo. <laughs> Inside job. What I'm hearing is resistance to Schnoo. Yes. So the main character is called Reagan Ridley. There, there we you go. go. It was she was named after a president. That's the right. fucking joke. Who is kind of like a like a, a evil genius mm. that is desperate for a promotion right like wants to run the deep state has been training for this her entire life unfortunately she's been paired up with um an absolute yes man um who is called brett hand who's voiced by clark duke who is brilliant in this series oh like, yeah okay yeah bringing all the fucking charisma all the time and he's great right the problem is and the reason why it's lower down now is that the is a the way that they've kind of tiered the story although i really like it mm. going these two are basically a 10 episode season and an eight episode season yeah going they're two halves of the same hole with a massive gap in between right which is really annoying and the second because netflix just fucking cancelled it didn't they ah. it was the one tv show so they so so big mouth is into its sixth or seventh season yeah and inside job can't get a full season two right at all I'm so annoyed about this. So to round out the, the talking about the cast, so Lizzie Kaplan plays Reagan. Uh, you've also got uh, John DiMaggio playing Glenn Dolphman, who's had surgery to look like a dolphin. Right. Okay. It's a joke. Um, and Brett Gelman, who's fantastic as Mike Celium, uh-huh. who is a sentient. He's a mushroom. He's a psychic mushroom, right. but with like limbs and that. Uh-huh. And they make several dirty jokes. I would say. Really do give this one a chance. The the robot president through line is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You don't think it's going to go anywhere, and then it becomes like this whole season long fucking arc, and it's just super duper funny. It's so smartly written. It comes from uh, Shion Takuchi, who was so she worked on a bunch of other animated shows, including Regular Show. Okay, which people fucking love. Regular Show. Mm-hmm. Alex Hirsch is a fantastic showrunner. Yep. Um, and I imagine that it's his absence. From this, although he executive produces, I imagine it's his absence in, in the writing room, which is what led to the cancellation. Because right, okay. the writing is absolutely grade A, top notch. Yeah. But you haven't got somebody that goes, look, the it's name. The, yeah, you haven't got the, look, it's the Gravity Falls guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. they don't have that, which is a fucking crying shame. This is a brilliant, like, it's not my favorite animated show of the year, but mm. good God, does it come close. I've just realized the last, like, not just straight up kids cartoon thing that I picked up and liked was South Park in roughly speaking 2004. <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't know because <laughs> I I've I've tried a fair few of them. Mm. Fuck me, did I try and like try and understand Rick and Morty? Mm. And it just has never worked. 
And I think that might have poisoned the well a bit for me where I'm a bit apprehensive to take on any of them because I'm like, if anyone even describes it as Rick and Morty-esque or adjacent, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm good, thanks. But This, this is more like, um, I honestly think because it's a workplace sitcom, yes. but it's just set in the deep state. Like it's got that kind of like Parks and Rec feel, whilst at the same time getting to be dangerously edgy, which is quite good. Them's fighting words. Them is fighting um, words. Cool. All right, I I've ummed and ahed about seven six, but I'm going to say it now. It was a it was another massive pepperoni season for what we do in the shadows. Of... Fuck! I forgot what we do in the shadows. God Mike. damn it, Michael! God damn it. This is why I do TV. <laughs> yeah, this is why you do TV. So it was a good, solid season. I feel like they, they wanted to quickly get back to some level of status quo, considering season three left us with baby... Um, oh, Co- Co- Colin Robinson's baby. head caved in. Yes, and baby Colin Robinson and Nadia and Nandor shipped off elsewhere. Mm. I feel like they were like, oh, that was good, but now we want to get things back to normal. So there's a bit of a time jump. Mm. The house is in disrepair. Laszlo is raising Colin Robinson <laughs> to be old man, but he just wants to be a theatre kid. And the basement is flooded. Yes. <laughs> For no reason. Nadja's back and she's running a nightclub and Nandor her wants a wife. Yes. Like they quickly got back to like, well, we don't want everyone spread apart so we're going to get back to a status quo. Mm. And I feel like there's consistently funny things. All the stuff with the gene is pretty good when yep. he's trying to figure out how to make the wish to make his dick bigger yep. with no consequences. <laughs> that is a full episode of that. When they're just about to say it and then... Um, Every time I use it, I'll think of you. <laughs> <laughs> when fucking Guillermo chips in with, wait, you can't make his dick bigger by making everyone else smaller. smaller. And the gene is like, like oh, that's what I was going to do. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> so that's good. Um but it's like it's all good it's all funny consistent and i like it mm. but then there's the go flip yourself episode oh. that sits on top of the pizza and dominates everything, everything else yep. which seems to be their structure that they're okay <laughs> with every season has to have if it's big right this is the one that people are going to talk about and it's going to win yep. us the fucking this is going to get us our flair which jackie daytona jackie daytona atlantic city, atlantic city go flip yourself Oh my god, it's such a good fucking... <laughs> it's the funniest episode of the year by a country mile Oh my anything. Christ, yes. But it's just it's just that massive spike in the middle of quality on mm. what is otherwise a, a good, serviceable comedy show. Yeah. That I think holds it down a little bit. That yeah. it needs to find... You know what, if it just does this until it's happy to end, I'm good. Like I'm not complaining necessarily. It's, it's always consistently entertaining, but it's... Yes. It, it, I think what what make series chart high mm. in this list is just going oh my christ this that the other yeah yeah not just one big staple episode and yeah. everything else is kind of like on the, tri- but, on when the it, but when it's jackie daytona good oh yeah when it when it finals in is the best thing yeah like, that is the best episode of tv he says <laughs> he checks let me his just list. have a real quick check I think it's probably the singular, other than like, because like Strange Things doesn't count because they're fucking movies at this point. Like, of a half an hour TV show, nothing touches that episode. Nothing's even in the fucking conversation. I'm going to rewrite this top 10 to include um, what we do in the shadows at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So that we get um, to talk about a bigger variety of things. Go on then. What's your number seven? My number seven is my top rated animated show uh-huh. of the year. It is Smiling Friends. It came out in February. So. <laughs> 
if you don't like animation on YouTube, this is not going to appeal to you because it's it's very hyperactive. YouTube? Yeah. You're putting YouTube in my TV it's stuff, It's not Michael. on YouTube. It was it was on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Fair. So it's totally, it was on TV. It started life as the, like a TV pitch from, uh, oh Christ, I forgot his name. God, God damn it. He's Psychic this. Pebbles on uh, YouTube, but I don't know. Uh, Zach Haydorf, that's right. it. Right. Um, and... Yeah, it's just phenomenally weird uh-huh. and chaotic and stupid. And I, I can't quite believe it works as well as it does. Mm. But it takes every opportunity that it affords itself within its, like, 15-minute episodes. Yeah. Super short. It's, like, six episodes long, maybe. Right. Um, And it is, like I say, it's, it's completely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Which is what I think I liked about it so much, is that I've not seen, outside of, like, very obscure adult swim shows Mm -hmm. and i mean like not the big hitters not even the mid-range shows i'm talking like fucking there was a fucking show called xander prince of something that was like horrifically animated Uh. but was on the same level of weird as this right but was never funny because like it was funny it was Uh funny because it outlandish right where this does the outlandish shit and then is hysterical right so for example there is an episode about um I'll talk about the premise. The premise is these characters all work for a company that is intended to make people smile. We don't we don't think about the real world ramifications of how this would work. That's just their job. Right. The pilot episode was they're sent out to talk to a dude who was voiced by uh, Mike Stocklasser from Red Letter Media, mm-hmm. who is like the entire episode is holding a gun to his head. Oh. And he's like, I don't want to live anymore. And they're just trying to bring him round right. to wanting to stay alive. Uh-huh. Whilst at the same time dealing with a pest control problem in the office. And then like, you don't think these two storylines are going to meet. And then, yes. and then they, they do. do. Right. And it's very funny. But there's a standard episode where it's, it's, it's their spooky episode, the Halloween one. And they go out into a forest and there is some weird fucking claymation creature coming after them. Mm-hmm. And... And you think it's going to go down like a big horror slasher thing. But because the episodes are so short, you don't realise that like what you think is the middle of this story is barreling towards the ending where the, the monster turns up to kill everybody at this Halloween party and everyone just kicks the shit out of him. It's just like, huh, I guess it's a bad idea to try and kill people. Huh, okay. Fucking episode ends. It's, just, it's weirdly wonderful. Right. It is the hardest thing to recommend to you. <laughs> the hardest. Even above Pistol, this is the hardest thing to recommend <laughs> oh, to you. Oh, good God almighty. Okay. Yeah, against something you would actively hate, this is hard to recommend to you. Right. But I, I echo everything that everybody has said online about this. It's it's a bold new way to do animation. Mm. It's a bold new way to do alternative comedy, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Excellent. Right. Now, this is, this is here because it made me cry. And is it Ghost Season 4? No. Oh. It's This Is Us Season 6. Ah. <sighs> Fucking hell. Like, <laughs> so this is this is the last season, and I was like, right, they go for the emotionality in all seasons. Mm. They're going to try and break people in Season 6. They're right. going to going all fucking out <laughs> to get you to fucking cry. And I'm telling you now, the penultimate episode is... 
both one of the most beautiful, but also one of the most fucking miserable episodes of TV I've ever seen. Is it, like, is it on the same level as like 12 Days of Christine from Inside Number 9? Exactly that, like, yeah. It ooh. is, it is. Because you know it's coming. You know exactly what it's going to be. Oh my God, it's so draining. Like, it's it's like, do you know Breaking Bad? Mm. You've finished it now. Yeah. It has two endings. Mm. There's uh, fucking um, Hank dying. Mm. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> there's the Hank dying. I rewatched like... that scene again for the first time the other day. Just the fucking he decided he he decided he was going to do it like twenty minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the end, and then there's like two epilogue episodes. Yeah, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We the, get... the Jesse epilogue and the Walt epilogue. Yes, yeah. we gotta go get Jesse out the thing and fucking kill Walt. Um, the the penultimate episode of season six is like that's the ending of this is us mm. and then this is just the nice episode they give you to make sure you know that everyone's okay and mm. everyone does all right and basically hint that one of them becomes president and all this other jazz <laughs> like genuinely and but oh my god it's so good i can't tell you what it is because i i i this is the show i recommend to everyone regardless of mm. their tastes their likes don't wrong i said season five was a bit of a mess because they had to deal with a lot that has to deal with Massive storyline implications and the pandemic and trying to deal with all the Black Lives Matter stuff. Yeah, I mean that, was, that was the year that killed off Jesus Hospital. That it was. It was a it was a fucking like awful schlock of a season, but this one was just no. Even though they broke up my favourite couple and made Taserface from fucking Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> really sad. Oh. Yeah, so he's like my he's my favourite character in the show. Mm. He plays Toby. And it was basically telegraphed at the end of that season like Oh, they're gonna break up. Oh no! The the the, the 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 thing we spent the first four seasons building these people who found each other, they're gonna break up because she's getting married to that British guy who's in every American sitcom and Paul's the main character. <laughs> I don't know what he's fucking doing. He's a weird looking dude, right? But he turns up in Modern Family and he fucking pulls a daughter. He fucking turns up in this and breaks up the best marriage. <laughs> I don't fucking get his appeal, but it finds a nice way to show like, well, no, it's showing all aspects of love and. I can't talk about it too much because I'll both spoil it and get het up. But yeah, mm. that 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 episode is, oh, mm. it's it's beautiful. It cocoa levels of fucking tears. Damn, I was in it just like, oh, it's so fucking bad. It's so beautiful. It ends so well. But I've I've not yeah. put it on my list because I forgot that I actually finished it because I was waiting. That's I was, happening a lot. Because <laughs> I've because I've I was waiting for the Christmas episode and then ah. I forgot to put it on the list. But like ghosts did that this year as well. It Twice. Did. It really did. The, it the, the episode. <laughs> The sucked off episode. The sucked off episode yeah. and the Christmas episode were just like yes. fucking going straight for it. They they did a hell of a job this season. I feel like it was a show where I was like, right, lads, I need you to stop building an end game here. Of like, I don't think this is going to last mm. too much longer. But they've now introduced an element into it that means we can start to wrap things up. Mm. My wife is convinced that Mike is going to die next season and become a ghost. Oh, that would be interesting. She's convinced of like that's the only thing they can do to spice the formula up is mm. to kill Mike and then have her only be able to talk. But like, but like that's just sad. Like, and then and then have it be Mike's like, oh Jesus Christ, you weren't making this up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Or have it like where I think her picture was like it's it's that the end goal is to find a way to help Mike pass on. And like then the ghosts have something they can contribute to storyline wise. Which you know we need to get him to mm. move on and pass on, which would be nice, but. 
Yeah, I, I, I did kind of forget about Ghost. I think it might have actually made... It might have displaced Taskmaster at 10, but... Ghosts had the same problem as um, what we do in the Shadows this year, in that there was just the absolute top-shelf episodes and then just a pretty good series. And then some other ones. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Right, number six, before we crack a top five. Uh, is it mine? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's Under the Banner of Heaven. That's the Andrew Garfield one. Isn't That's it? the one. Ah. This is all steam until the last thirty minutes. Oh, and like, I, I don't, I don't want to say that and put you off, but like, I want you to be prepared for the ending to just be like pretty all right for what is otherwise one of the tensest fucking series oh. of the year. Uh-huh. It is expertly put together. Mm. These hour-long episodes that feel like twenty minutes—they are fucking excellently written, right. excellently acted. If they, do, like, I know they've already done it, and this is the annoying thing. I know they've already made a Solo movie. Mm. If if Han Solo turns up in anything else Star Wars, and it's got to yeah. be, be, like, of age Han Solo, and they don't want to do de-aging Harrison Ford, yes. just cast Billy Howell. He's basically Han Solo. He's oh. fucking incredible, and right. I think he's a great actor. But that's a side point. This series is... It's dark in quite a lot of interesting ways. Obviously, it's taking aim squarely at the fucking Mormons. And, like, you're introduced with these, like, historical flashbacks a number of times. You're like, hey, are these two things going to marry up? And you're like, oh, that's because the religion hasn't changed since pilgrim times. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's about this family basically fucking imploding on itself when mm. um, someone murders the Billy Howell character's wife. Yes. And he's prime suspect number one. Mm. And it is him basically telling Andrew Garfield and trying to guide him, like, look, I know that I was there and I'm covered in blood and I ran away, but here's why it's not me and here's why this family and this church is entirely fucked. Right. And it just unpacks. And you're like, how fucking deep does this rabbit hole go? Uh And everything's on the clock. And the dude's, like, Andrew Garfield's character is also a Mormon. So it's it's like... It's also it's it's less about him solving certainly in the middle episodes. It's certainly less about him solving the murder mm-hmm. and more like fucking hell is everything I've ever believed and lived for and love mm. the worst thing in the world, which is Great. so good to watch this man unravel. It like it's he's such a good fucking actor, Andrew Garfield. Like this was like we talked about. I say we. I've mentioned every time about the one-two punch that he delivered at the start of this year of tick tick boom spider-man yes and then one two three punch of doing fucking uh eyes of tammy Faye. yeah this is just the knockout combo this is right. just because then he did this right jesus like, andrew garfield can do no wrong we all under we all underestimated we, him we signed him off to a what's the word not signed him off um Ro- written him wrote off. him off wrote yeah him off wrote too him early. off too early cast him in everything yeah <laughs> He's just so fucking good. This is such an easy recommendation. It's on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. so you can get this one. I promise you. Like, if you find the first episode as gripping as I did, you are going to be very happy with this series. Happy days, right? I've just realised one of mine might not necessarily be it. No, no, it is. It is. It's just because it came out later in the year. Mm. Uh, right, number five. It's the boys. So I can't say too much because I genuinely don't want to spoil it for you, even here's, though I know you've read the book. Here's the thing. I've read the book yes, and I've done episodes piecemeal because I needed to see Herogasm. Okay, fair. So like, you've got nothing to spoil for me. I just haven't seen it in a straight line yet. Right, okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's the strongest season, but I think it's... It's it's best thing is that it's now introduced to Endgame. We are on the path to the end now, mm-hmm. which is very much appreciated. 
I think Hero Gasm was a nice balancing act of like horrific and oh my good <laughs> fucking god, but not overly so that it kind of then distracts and just like you know that dictates the narrative around the media narrative around this show of like sure. they did this episode. Although the producers now come out and said there's something even worse in the new in season. season five. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly don't know what it could be because like. To me, like Hero Gasm was the riskiest yeah, yeah, like yeah, side yeah. story they did in that entire book. Yeah. But I could be forgetting something. But still, it's 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 main problem is that it kind of makes Huey an asshole. Yeah, and it's like he's complaining about his life despite the fact he's got his life together, he's got a solid job, and have you just seen what he gets to go home to? I'm like, <laughs> you haven't got problems, lad. You haven't. Just, 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 mm. yeah. In, appreciate your life. Yeah. Um, this isn't season two, Huey. His no. life was just in the fucking toilet. Exactly. It's better now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to go over it too much because, yeah, I, I, yeah, good God. I know you've seen it piecemeal, but watch it as a cohesive whole <laughs> because it is great. The Deep has a is funny again. Yeah. Like in Andrew Starr. Oh, is, um, it was so hard to enjoy The Deep in season two. It was, right? But yeah. now he's... <laughs> now it's okay Now again. it's okay again. That I, I love the fucking meme that came out. Like the turning round and yeah. child of mine started. <laughs> oh, I love that meme. He, the... Uh, it's it's now like a meme generated because in this one you had him in the cinema fucking staring at the screen with yeah. his light flashing on him. Yeah. You've got the... Um, all right. <laughs> meme right there. Do you, do you know the context of what happens in that? I don't think I've seen that episode. So that's the finale. It's literally the last bit of the last episode. Okay. I don't want to spoil it for you, but right. oh, it's good. And it just, it, again, it's a sign of a good show that now I'm jonesing for the next season. Mm. Not entirely sure it's coming out this year. I may even draft it and I'm not entirely sure it's coming out this year, but. Yeah, I don't think it is. But this thing, I didn't think that, I didn't think the boys were going to come out last year and it did. Mm. So banking on it being. Another hell of episode. Number five, Michael. Number five for me, we've already talked about it, it is Wednesday. Lovely. Loved it, start to finish. Uh-huh. Thought it was great. If that kid's not cast as Harry Osborne, there will be blood. Um, I don't really have much to add because I feel like we've already talked about uh-huh. it at length. I just want to say that like the mass appeal that this show has had is testament to how well it is made. Because mm. I have recommended this to people, like I say, who don't like Tim Burton, who may not have really kept up to date with the Adams family. Yeah. And every single person has gone, yep, we're we're absolutely steamrolling through this show. Netflix have got a heavy hitter again. Yes. So when there was talk of like, oh, maybe... to Amazon. <laughs> this is never, like, they were never going to let that go. Uh-uh. They've, they've got this Stranger Things and they're finishing fucking um, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Like, not next year, the year after. No, this year. Is it this year? Umbrella Academy oh, this year. Oh, boy. So that's going to be gone. Fucking Stranger Things is finishing up next year. Yep. They needed something. They need something. They have something. <laughs> they do. And I'm very glad it's here to stay. Excellent. Uh, right into my number four then. Um, you told me how wonderful the opening song was. And you weren't wrong. Yep. Do you really want it? Do you really want it? Oh, Big Match John. Big Match John. This is at number two for me, but let's talk oh, about Oh, okay. I, this is my favourite superhero thing this year. That's a spoiler. Like. Oof. I, I just thought it was fucking great. James Gunn can do no wrong. He really can't. What I really liked about this is that you weren't supposed to like anybody. No. And you come away liking everybody. They they unpack a lot of where villains get their toxicity. Yes. And that was so good. Really good. It's satisfying all the way through. Fucking everyone gets to be funny. Fucking, again, it's... 
James Gordon rehabilitating wrestlers I have problems with. Yep. Is like his fucking theme now. That's what he does. <laughs> is he going to go back and fix Randy Orton? Like, no one can fix Randy <laughs> Orton, okay? No one can fix him. Um, yeah, I, I, so I appreciate his efforts in that fucking sphere. I'm trying to guess which getting on in years wrestler he's going to cast next in your fucking DC property. Who's who's not good? Who do we who's, not? Who's well, we not don't like good. John Cena. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I'd have, I'm going to have to think about that now, but uh, I will tweet the results when this comes out <laughs> yeah. of who I think he needs to chicken make a superhero. <laughs> um, I know you've got so many ideas going through. Who can Daniel Bryan be? Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. But he's not the one I came away most impressed with. Mm. He's fucking vigilante. Freddie Stromer is Freddy so Stromer good. Is so fucking... Who the fuck did Cormac McClaggan fucking <laughs> Harry Potter? He had this in his locker the whole fucking time. Right. It's, oh, it's so good. That is the best episode. Like, it's a pretty fucking good series up and down, but the best yes. one is where he, on his own bat, decides to get himself put into prison so he can go and kill Peacemaker's dad. It's the fucking best scene in a comic uh-huh. book movie this year is just the goading these fucking white power bastards into a fight. Oh, it's perfect. Real good. Can't wait. I, I haven't even seen anything about season two yet. I'm worried about... Coming. Yeah, surely. James Gunn is now head of DC Studios. Well, co-head of DC wait. Studios. Yeah, because that complicates things. Like, well, if yeah. you like something, this is working. How are you going to carry on in a new thing? Yeah, especially when they're it. rebooting Superman. Like, meh. there's ways around it, I guess. But I, well, to be fair, he's coming back to wrestling a little bit, so mm. he's apparently got a match at WrestleMania. Like, he came back. He 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 was on a streak. He nearly broke his streak of having a match, a WWE match every year since 2002. He literally had to wrestle on the last SmackDown of the year to get it in, and he did three moves <laughs> but uh yeah apparently dressing at wrestlemania so like considering the synergy that wrestling does i'm amazed they didn't just do peacemaker does a round like how do they not do that you're not really into cross promotion the fucking jackass thing other than the jackass thing jackass yep. has always had a weird kind of niche because this isn't the first time jackass got involved mm. if you ever if you want something funny to watch wrestling and jackass adjacent watch steve-o talk about the time umaga fucked him up <laughs> it is excellent <laughs> Because basically, he, Umaga hit a move, Steve-O laughed because he thought it was funny, and Umaga took that seriously and beat the piss out of him and Pie <laughs> Boy for fucking real to protect the business, which is... Uh. Excellent. Um, where's it going with this? Um, Peacemaker's great. Yeah, so I don't know about season two just because John's back in wrestling a little bit now, so mm. who knows? But uh, yeah, season, season one was a hell of a start. Not my favourite superhero thing of the year, but strong enough. Yeah. That is more than fair. That was your number four. My number four, Cinderella Academy season three. That's where I've put this in the end. Oh, oh, yeah. it's my number three. That's useful. Hey, happy days. It's not the strongest season. It's still good. It's but still like, very, very good. This isn't season two. Season two no. was fucking incredible. And look, season one is incredibly iconic. It is. This is like, this is, it's starting to get diminishing returns, but like only very gradually. Mm. And I think the problem with that is the is the confining it to the singular location. I think it's both a strength and a, and a weakness. I think because it means that you're basically just relying entirely on chemistry between the characters, and that is this show's fucking strength. Oh yeah, so that fucking helps. But yeah, it doesn't leave a lot of room for maneuver really with some of the storylines. They're mm. all pretty fucking compacted in there that it doesn't really work. And um, yeah, you have to deal with um, I forgot a character's name now. 
that you uh, you can't help me out at all here to help see if we can in the every view we say yes. it's all good except for what they do with oh the... allison allison yeah oh, oh fucking hell it, it threatens to torpedo the whole thing the Jesus entire time christ like every like they've not had they didn't have a character assassination arc in the first series they went out of their way to make vanya the worst thing about season two mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, we're going to give Victor a total redemptive arc and make him one of the best characters in the show. But at the cost of that, Alison is going to become the most boneheaded motherfucker in the group. What the fuck? Why did they just throw that character under the bus considering what they had with her in season two? See what I mean? This is what I mean. It's like, it just feels like they have to engineer a bad part of this show because otherwise it would be perfect. And for yeah, some yeah. reason, they feel like it needs to be flawed. They have to give it an Achilles heel for some reason. Like, it's not like, like from a character point of view, she's coming from an unjustified place. Mm. Like, like she's the only one that really lost anything in this kind of jump back. So, fair enough. It's just, they just go about it in such a fucking weird mm. and unenjoyable way. And mm. like, it's, it's okay that she like, has negative reaction and wants to act out on those things. Yeah. But it just, it sucks all the joy from that. It sucks all the joy. Anything, any scene she's in just becomes like, it's just not enjoyable anymore. Yeah. And it threatens the rest of this otherwise perfectly fucking enjoyable show around it. So you have to have to hope that she's not in the scenes that you want to enjoy. Because they give Victor like a cool storyline about reconnecting with yeah. the boy she saved in, in, sorry, the boy he saved in season two. And they do the reconnecting with Harlan. And that storyline's fantastic. And then Alison ruins it. Yeah. <laughs> because things aren't allowed to be good. And I get that the whole, the entire premise of this series is is this group failing upwards, mm-hmm. basically. It's like continuously causing the end of the world. Yes. But somehow coming out of it stronger. Mm-hmm. I guess. I think, I didn't think this at the time, but I think it now. I think the problem is a weak villain as well. Is that you don't have the agency yeah. who were really good on omnipresent kind of like completely unexplainable outside force. Yeah. The next season, the final season, they're just basically going, fuck it, dad's the villain. Uh-huh. So they're doing Reginald Hargreaves' ruler of the world. Yes. Amazing. I can't wait for that. Because mm-hmm. Colm is brilliant. Like they get, they just do him and Klaus yes. in this season. And it's really good. It really is. So then this season's left with the Sparrows. Yeah. Who, like, only half of them are interesting. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I like that they're very fucking expendable. Mm. I do not care about most of them. They just fucking... No. Off you go. Um, yeah, they, they, it was a lot of promise that I don't feel pays off as well as I can. But again, it's like, the bit I like of this show is the chemistry between these people. Yes. And it, introducing the outside force into that that forces them apart. It's like, well, no, I just want to kind of get back to them being all siblings and being fun together. Yeah. So damned if you damned if you don't type of thing so yeah but still very enjoyable i'm looking forward to the last season um and just hope it's a good solid end to the fucking show yes then it's like well that was a fucking perfectly good tv show there is very very little in the way of negatives the whole fucking run through that'd be nice to see a fucking tv show end properly right be I think after game of thrones it seems all tv shows are kind of (laughs) cursed to just not really wrap up properly but we shall see uh, that was my number four. We had it was your my, number four. It was my number three. Yes, uh, Peacemaker number four. Yep. That was my number three. So it's now your number three. Well, my number three is Moon Knight. This is my number one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on to it now. Yep, cool. Every day I wake up. Every day I wake up. 
lonelies and love. That is like confidently one of the best first episodes of any series I've ever seen. It's just expertly done. The reason I can't put this higher, and the reason why it's not my favourite um, superhero project of the year, is episode three is a complete dud. Outside of that, yeah. it is five out of five, ten out of ten, twenty out of twenty, every single w- step of the way through. Yes. Especially the last three episodes. Holy fuck, those are fantastic. But that third episode, and it's unfortunately the one where we got probably the best view of Moon Knight fighting dudes. Mm. And it's in that boring fucking, we're going to this random ass pyramid, you're going to fight in a circle. That's the episode. It's when it's not doing baseline fucking superhero shit that it is excelling far beyond anything else in Marvel this year. That's not that that's that's mostly a main praise of Wakanda Forever was it's yeah. really good, right up until it has to be a Marvel thing. Yeah, have we turned? <laughs> I think we've turned. Oh God, I haven't. felt so for the twenty twenty so far, um, I haven't had a Marvel number one. Like three years on the bounce, I've not had a Marvel number one. So I think we're turning. <laughs> but, but this is well, so this is a Marvel number one now, for you. Yeah. Yeah, but next year, what? Oh fuck! Uh oh. Hang on, when did WandaVision come out? 2021? Because that was number one in TV. That was 2021, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, so... They're doing all right on TV. TV, all good. That's back-to-back number ones. Fucking out Disney Plus stuff. It's either also runs or very, very good. Yeah. So, excellent. Um, but yeah, I... Oh, this isn't this isn't good. It's not. It, we are, we're finally turning, aren't no, we? No, no, please it's, let it's me okay. It's okay. It's okay, Darren. You do know what's coming out next year. What's going to be next year? Well, think about things I like. Guardians? There you go. That's uh, You said next year. That threw me off. I was like, what's going to be in 2024? Oh, God. Sorry. Um, yes. Sorry, this year. Yeah, you get, we, got, we got Guardians. I don't know about Ant-Man. I don't care. Guardians. <laughs> that is like, I'm not going to fill in number one until I've seen it. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we do with Spider-Man. So yeah. that's fair enough. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great because it's not connected to Marvel. Yes. It, does, it has not one single fucking, even small connection to the rest of Marvel. Mm. It's fucking great. It fucking introduces a fucking badass new fucking female superhero that I want to see more of. It just introduces a world. It explains a lot of concepts that are like, okay, that's made, helped me make sense of other movies and mm. TV shows that aren't this. It is, yeah, flying by all cinders, which is why I, I've got it at number one. I can see... That one episode dragging it down. It's enough of a problem for me. Yeah. The fact that it's in a, in a medal position is because of how well it did its portrayal of DID. Yes. It was so goddamn good, especially in those last two episodes where it goes full on fucking Sherlock Mind Palace, mm. but like in a good way. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's good. Just watch it. Just watch Moon Knight. Six episodes. You can fucking do it. You don't have to know anything else about Marvel. Just that Moon Knight is a fucking badass. Uh-huh. And it delivers that in spades. The end, I guess the end fight can look a little bit ropey sometimes. Uh-huh. It's TV. It's like... fucking kaiju on TV. Just be happy it's happening. Yes. <laughs> it's, oh, God, I loved it. Cannot wait. I'm so glad it's getting a season two because they were like... They almost seem actively against it for some reason. Yeah, that's the uh, weird bit, right? No, we're not going to be... It was just envisioning the one series. I was like, yeah, nothing in Marvel's envisioned just one series. <laughs> well, of course, they could just do Midnight Suns. That would be good. That would it? be nice. That would be excellent. Um, I almost want them to just not tell you that Moon Knight's coming back ever and just when he appears with just random bullshit go. It's just... 
That would it's be a big nice. surprise. Uh, right, so I know for a fact you haven't seen my season, my number two because it's Stranger Things season four. I have not. It's barely a TV show at this point. It's a fucking. It's a collection it, of movies. It's a collection of short movies this year, but <laughs> oh, they're good. Holy fuck, it's good. This is this is second only to the first season, mm. I think, in terms of how well it executes everything it wants to do. Because it splits everyone up for once. Mm. Like, and I don't just mean like in Hopkins, I mean like geographically, fucking um, Eleven and Mike are off in California. Oh, right. You leave um, Dustin and um, the other lad. God, I can remember his fucking name. Oh, God. <laughs> Will, Dustin, Mike. That guy. <laughs> That guy and the ginger lady. Yeah, they're they're left in Hopkins. Okay, and then hang um, on, Hawkins, Hawkins, not Hopkins. Sorry, and then other stuff is happening over in Russia, and <laughs> it is all all three are just fucking excellent storyline. The California one's a bit hit and miss, but it's great because they just said this is lacking a bit of fun, so let's just put a stoner pizza delivery guy in there. <laughs> and I was like. Fucking hey, all right. <laughs> so they leaned into um, Will's older brother, mm. his name, uh, who got done in real life for having too much weed on him and have just turned him into a stoner <laughs> and given him a fucking doobie brother sidekick. <laughs> it's excellent. Um, it's really, it's it's rediscovered its sense of fun and not being overly fucking dramatic all the fucking time. Mm. Um, it's introduced fucking great new characters. It fucking it, it again puts it on the road towards the end game, which is appreciated. Mm. It's just yeah, it's final sin. Its only problem is kind of it's the Peter Griffin Godfather problem. It insists upon itself a little much, mm. where it's like it's these big grandiose episodes, and it you feel like you're kind of doing a disservice. You're not paying a hundred percent attention all the fucking time, mm. which is fucking necessary to get the most out of it. But yeah, it is. I genuinely think season five, the last season, will just be two-hour movies every week. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't surprise me at all, because it, it, it's a lot, but it is worth getting through. It's fucking... Damn. It's it's not TV I anymore. have to ask if Vecna's a good villain. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yes. Really good. Because this is the problem, because all these things have just been, like... Yeah. Otherworldly, incomprehensible threats, and this is a dude. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, visually, I think... it. It works. I, I just don't like looking at it. But mm. I guess that's kind of the point. Mm. But yeah, he's a very effective villain be- because of that. Because it puts a human voice and human face on the existential threat that has otherwise come for them. And they work in storyline-wise very neatly as well. So, yes, I would say. I, I know you're behind. <laughs> just a little. But it, it I don't is... even know who the monster is in season three. You will. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's worth it. This is the thing. I, I think it's, again, it's dependent on the last season to deliver. Because mm. if that's really strong as well, of the five seasons, only have one dud in season two is fucking exceptional work. So, nice. yes. That's my number two. You've now got a clean run to do your number two and your number one. You've already heard my number two. It was Peacemaker. It was Peacemaker. So what's your number one? My Why did we not mention? My number one, it, this is going to, I've told you to watch it. So the fact that it's not on the list means that you have defied my will, which which I don't appreciate. Uh, My number one, by a country mile, like not even close. This Uh is a perfect, flawless series. It is The Bear. This is on on Mm. Disney Plus. It's an FX show. And like, it is the tightest, no fat fucking show Mm. of the year. There is not a single second of this wasted. Episode five is a one shot and it fucking works. For how long? The entire runtime. Holy shit. It's a one take episode and it's fucking outstanding. 
what I really appreciate about the bear is that it took its concept of um, Michelin star chef has to run a shitty sandwich joint uh-huh. and just runs with the idea of, so why are we here? Who is he in- interacting with? What does that look like? What changes does that make? Yeah. And it could have lent very heavily into, but they're a sandwich shop. You can't have foie gras. Right. It, it goes really quite realistic. It's like the reason he's here is that his brother has passed away. He ran the sandwich shop who he looked up to, which is the reason why he's a chef. And we, you unpack that trauma in like half an hour episodes right. every week. And every week it makes more sense as to why he is so fucking stressed out. Yes. No longer working at a Michelin star restaurant, but running a fucking sandwich joint in Chicago and all the mad shit he has to put up with. Right. Like gangs putting the fucking windows in. Uh-huh. His uh his brother's best mate is a drug dealer and addict who uses his own supply, who also very much wants to be Big Dick Charlie in the in the office. He's right. brought on a new assistant. Who is like who is a very accomplished cook? Yes. Wants to be part of the restaurant world and has gone. I am only here because I heard you were here. So he has ego to deal with as well. Right. And then he's got this cast of characters that he's trying to mold into better people. Uh-huh. Like they've all got their own problems going on. But yes. he's like that dude can do pastry. I can fucking work with this. Right. And it's it's honestly fascinating to see. I think it, I think it's is it Jeremy Allen White, the guy who plays the main lead character. The Timothy Chalamet looking dude. Yes. Right. Get him in everything. <laughs> right. Like, to the level of, like, put Andrew Garfield in everything. Get Jeremy Allen White into everything <laughs> right now. This is a flawless lead performance. Mm. And, like, for me to recommend a half an hour inconsequential show about people running a fucking sandwich shop. Yes. Above one of my favourite Netflix shows of all time, uh-huh. two comic book shows, and a butt-ton of animation. Fair. And Wednesday uh-huh. tells you how good this series is. We were... Because we're trying to get through his Dark Materials, which is a fucking fruitcake. It's hard work, it's right? It's so dense. I'm yep. so glad I have an encyclopedia set next to me yep. who can answer all my fucking questions. Like, but we were scanning for, like, we need something slightly easier for when we're not watching his Dark Materials. Mm. Um, we nearly started Grey's Anatomy, as that was... <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I kept having the bit in South Park where, like, Kenny gets um, the purity ring. Yeah, And yeah, has yeah. to become, like, and him and his girlfriend. And, like, their boring thing is they go home and watch they watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So I just, I haven't told this to Rachel, but I just kept thinking, oh, my God, you're becoming <laughs> Kenny when he gets really fucking sad and miserable. This is bad. Um, I will introduce this as the option when uh, the next time we're in that situation. What do we watch? Because I have heard nothing but good things. I am worried I've oversold this, but, like, you will understand on a pure script writing level head there is not an ounce of fat on this fucking series right and it is it is coming in hot with a second season i had to look at how many publications put this as their best series mm-hmm. of the year almost all of them this is like one of the few times where everyone just collectively agrees yeah that's the best thing sweet <laughs> like i don't often agree with like very like like we're talking like daily star and the guardians like this fucking they found, a, they found a common crash. Everybody just went, yeah, this is the fucking best thing on telly right now. Um, so, yeah. Fucking A, all right. Right. Now, last year we had a YouTube breakdown. We did. I don't really have any new channels to chuck on the pile. I don't think I do either. Like, fucking, thankfully, there was no straight line challenge this year for us to fucking rag on oh, Wizard about. I'm so sad about that. He did, like, an American one, but I was like, this is just not the hate watch I need. Was like, this, Was Did he do the, the Black Country one last year? 
Or was that this <gasps> no, year? it was this year. Oh, we get to talk about fire that. up the <laughs> fire it up, Optimus. Right. So this cunt. Here we go. This one hurt. So yep. fucking if you listen to last year's one. Yep. Right. Again, I'm just having a quick look for YouTube. Make sure there was no new people. Brian David Gilbert still doing his weird stuff. Um, he's at, he's finding himself, I think, um, and so on and so forth. No, it doesn't look like I added a single new fucking channel. Tearsu still the fucking best, and I love it. So, <laughs> nope, nothing new on there. Cool. So, yeah, I got. I, oh, um, I, I just want to do a, a shout out to consistently good fucking quality from Tom's got. That's it. He's just great. He does very interesting five-minute videos. I find him. I, I find him. I can't watch him. I get it. It's, it's almost like he's the like they've engineered the perfect host for information. Yeah, yeah. But I just it's it's too much. I can't. I can't take it. I love his he's, stuff. I find him off. He's launched oh. a second channel this year, and it's very good. Tell what, there is something new. Yeah, because I got Nebula. So I was like N- Nando. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn it, Nando. <laughs> it's like it was like five pound for a year, and I went. I can pay five pound for a year. Yeah, for like extended cut Tearzoo videos is basically what I'm for. But yeah, Nando stuff is on there. Jet lag the game hmm. is inherently watchable. <laughs> so it's it's from the guy who does. He's like mainly a voiceover dude that does like the um, half as interesting stuff and like the big you know the the twenty minute. Hmm. This is an interesting thing about fucking playing. He's got a game now. There's like three seasons of it, but they all constitute like uh, fucking one version of this game. So he did one where it was the the, the, the the quick pitches they did who can navigate the world the fastest. They they have a set budget that when they, they can add to by doing challenges in certain places and like top of the budget. So it's basically like race around the world but on YouTube. So they need to find a way of balancing both, you know, because obviously you can just book a flight straight from New York to fucking Australia, but it, they haven't got that amount of money. <laughs> right. So they have to plan it around one. They then did one where they started in a town right in the middle of France. They had the three of them. One of them had to go like to a, a, a place up north. One of them needed to make it to the Isle of Wight, and the other one needed to make it to the bottom of Spain. And it was like, right, it's tag across Europe. And the one guy would like get a half an hour head start, and they'd have to try and catch him up. They have him on a tracker thing. Mm. They've got to catch him, tag him, and then it's... They rotate it. It's the next person they've got to go. These guys have collaborated with Tom Scott. They did, yes. yes. That's why. That's why I remember them. They have got a collaboration one. And then they, the one they've just done was collecting states, basically. <laughs> and it was like who had the most, who had collected the most states by getting to a state, doing a challenge, mm. and so on and so forth. Very watchable. It's on YouTube as well, but the Nebula version is like mm. ad free and a week early. I have got a new channel go on it's not a new channel by any stretch of the imagination mm. but I, like I, I just incredibly love their videos yes. uh so i mainly watch the stream highlights it is a streamer called doug doug who does mm. his shtick is like um you're you're gonna learn coding with me but like i'm we're then gonna do challenges so like okay. he does he, he, he coded he modded gta 5 so that the chat could just modify his game at will oh um, and it was okay. We're gonna write this piece of code. So like the video that I want you to watch, yes, because it's it has one of the best recurring divorce jokes I think I've ever. Okay. Um, it's like so all the cars are invisible and the cars change size every ten seconds. Um, and he has to drive from Michael's house and just mm. ramp off the pier. At, yes. In uh, the Venice Beach yeah, equivalent. Yeah. 
but like the because ch- the, the chat can be like just like sending the message to distract him and make him fail mm-hmm. so there's this running joke of just like how many people in my audience are di- like and they're just saying like this is this video is really showing me up after my wife divorced me <laughs> It's such a good running gag. Okay. And it's now become like one of the main things. But his his bigger long form videos are he does him versus the chat. Um and they they use like AI novel generation yes. things to like fight over a map. So like the first one was first one to collect ten states wins. Yeah, yeah. And just like the the AI just generates random fucking bullshit. Okay. Um. That I think that was the one where like chat won. Chat's won every single one, which is just it's yeah, funny yeah. because he always loses. Um. Purely because they just kept saying we get Saul Goodman to litigate the state for us. <laughs> just like it's like Saul Goodman has gotten you everything on this map. <laughs> so I can recommend Doug Doug highly. Incredibly well edited, very funny highlight videos. And then the opposite end of that spectrum, we have this prick. So <laughs> he's back again. Ah, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> Failing in his attempts to cross countries in straight lines, he decided to try and cross the black country. Or at least get home. from yeah, our home to cross from Warsaw to Dudley without using roads. Yep. Oh apart from the road he used. <laughs> apart from that road he had to use that one time. Yep. So it's just him. And within the first Five minutes, I was already fucking off. Yeah. Because he goes, <laughs> he basically goes, don't try so hard. I'm an expert. You're not. You're a fucking arsehole. Yeah. But like, he, he claims to be an expert. But it's always annoying me when the jackass people claim to be experts. Like, what, fo- you're an expert falling on your fucking head. Well, they All are right. stuntmen. Like... Yes, fair enough. He's just a fucking rambler who's got two big <laughs> fucking boots. So he says, don't try this at home. Yeah, I won't expect you to do any of this because I'm a trained professional. Mm. Yep. And then he immediately shows how to get on top of the shopping centre in Warsaw. Yep. <laughs> and literally films himself step by step going, oh yeah, do this, this and this, and you can get on top of this fucking shopping centre. Yep. I'm like, oh, that's good in case anyone wants to jump off that or anything. You just give him a step by step guide. <laughs> Cheers. How is he not got arrested? There's literally right? literally footage of him breaking into place. Into the metro built like building yeah. site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking strolls yeah, yeah, yeah. on in. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's, it's when he just walks up and is like, Oh, can I not go through? Oh, oh, I really thought I could go through. Mm-hmm. And then the voiceover piece, it was devastating. I'm like, you fucking idiot. So, it if, hurts. He, if he'd have rung any of the, and this applies to the fucking yep, yeah, yeah. three attempts it took him to cross Wales, even though he ain't still fucking no. done it. If he'd have just phoned these people up, maybe like a week in advance, yep. and gone, yeah, it's a world record attempt. We're doing this. People would have just gone, okay, that's yeah. fine. It's the lack of fucking planning this prick does. No, because it has to be pure for some fucking reason. So this one hurt because it involved, going from Warsaw to Dudley, you have to go through Wensbury. You sure Our do. hometown. Yep. My favourite place somehow in the entire <laughs> fucking world, right? And I was like, Wensbury will stop him. Yep. We will send an obstacle at him yep. that he cannot fucking navigate. Yep. And we didn't. We, we said fed and watered him. We sent him a fan. Yeah, we sent it someone to say, oh, I fucking like your videos. Yeah. It's like, no. They were the most disappointing place in the world. He basically crosses past the back of your house. He does, because he uses that disused train yeah, yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I still lived there. A fucking oh, we could have had it. We could have had it. <laughs> we could have been the obstacle. Imagine we were walking towards Brunswick Park. And we saw him cross that bridge. Yeah. I was like, 
I've never been able to make it up there, but I'm going to fucking now. <laughs> and yeah, somehow he makes it, even though, again, it shows him breaking into the shopping centre in Warsaw, breaking into the Black Country Living Museum, breaking yep. into fucking the little fucking redistribution centre by the yep. back of our old school. Yep. If he'd have broken into Wood Green, I'd have been fucking oh. <laughs> To be fair, we used to do that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. The fucking gap in the fence at the bottom corner yeah. to get it to go. The thing is, chips. all of that shit used to, used to be the, the cross-country running zone. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. The, you, He's like, oh, yeah, no, this really sick route. I'm like, we went round here in fucking shitty shorts in the middle of yeah. winter. You are not special. Yeah. I, I watched the first five minutes of his I'm going to get from New York to somewhere else by any means necessary with no money type of thing. Right. I was like, this isn't the hate watch I need. No. But in the first... 30 seconds says we basically just have to get away with like just being charming because you know, we are charming we just have to like charm everybody it's like you are the most fucking charmless bellend i've ever met in my entire life even if he did phone me and asked if he needed to specifically go through my house to get to the fucking <laughs> yeah. world record i'll tell it's you like, no fuck no and i will hit i will th- classes as fucking trespassing and i will stab you with the master sword okay <laughs> you've left me no choice i will fucking do that you have me on camera saying that i will fucking stab you if you come on my property i will end <laughs> i am on high alert now i will i work from home i will be fucking ready for you yep. okay so it wasn't the hate watch i needed but there we are. Right. Now, usually you cheap in with some music stuff. Yes. I can do a bit. Do a bit. Not loads. Because then, have, then you're going to have to set a time limit for my wrestling thing. Oh, man. Okay. Have you have you, have you you practiced that? You I need have to practiced practice it. That. It's not as bad as last year when I tried to recap two years worth of storyline in a fucking 10 minutes. But it's I've had to practice, yes. Let's talk some highlights of music this year. So I discovered the band uh, Electric Callboy this year. I say oh, this from, year. from Eurovision. Well, they, they didn't win the German selection. Uh, they didn't get picked. Right. I'm assuming because they were too good <laughs> and Ger- Germany needs to keep its losing streak up. Right, fair enough. I don't even remember what Germany sent. Uh, Has Germany ever won? Yeah, they won in 2010. Oh, yeah. That's Lena, that satellite uh, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. That made no sense because the thing that came second was that fucking Turkish Lincoln Park ripoff and they were fucking brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Electric Cool Boo, good. Um, the intro to Peacemaker, Wigwam released that. Yes. And that, that album is just the kind of cock rock kind of That's feeling. not like an 80s deep pull. That was written... You know that the album that that comes from was released in 2007 because that was the year that they were participating in Eurovision. No. Wigwam were in Eurovision. Yep. Wait, that 2007, that's like darkness. It is. Was there a fucking... I only knew about the darkness. Was there a hair metal revival I wasn't fully aware of? I think there was, you know. <laughs> Plenty Excellent. to go back to. Excellent. Um, I discovered the band Arcs this year. I, they they have got a fantastic song that I'm surprised has not been used in any streaming mm. show so far called Not Alone But Not With You. Right. I recommend you listen to that. They are a very small band. They're a two-piece electronic outfit from Brighton. Um, right. They have very few monthly listeners. Arcs are pretty good. Bill Wirtz returned to us this year. Uh-huh. Um, for some reason, of all the songs he released this year, most of them are great. I listen to At the Corner Store the most. Right. Just because it's the one that doesn't, like, you know, all of his songs just go off meandering into yeah, yeah, nothingness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at least he, you know, stayed in the corner store in this right, okay. one. It's his More most focused. comprehensive song that he's done. Right. And it's very good. Obviously, Eurovision happened. Mm-hmm. Um we're hosting it this current the year that we're currently sat, sat in 2023 yep. we're hosting we didn't win but we are hosting that we did we that's sam Ryder dude he's just eating out forever on this oh yeah yeah that that's him now he's which, made which i get it 
Good job. You wrote a song. Good Pi- job. Pipes, decent, okay-ish, maybe sort of song. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. I'm happy for him. Good job. The fact that we didn't put the Latvians through to the final with the best opening line of any Eurovision song ever. I'm, uh, I'm sure. Instead of meat, I eat veggies and pussy. Dun, that dun, dun, dun. was it. Fucking yeah. I wonder why that didn't get through the judges' round. Oh, man. It's, it's so good, though. Um, Manuskin, who won in 2021, have done nothing but climb. They have now collaborating with like fucking Iggy Pop and Tom Morello, and it's all gr- it's all good. I'm really annoyed they're not touring yet. Right. I really want to go and see Manuskin live whilst they're like still cranking out their good shit. Yeah, yeah. Because like all 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 bands eventually go the way of Bon Jovi. Yes, they, they all, do. They all yes. eventually they all release a this left feels right and everything goes down the fucking pan. <laughs> you either die here or you live long enough to do um. To, to do a this left feels right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, these hoes are not for sale. <sighs> um, th- we But we went to the same gig this year. We went to My Chemical Romance. That we did! I completely forgot about that. Oh, my... Th- 2023. Fuck me. Yeah? Oh, I'm pink. But <laughs> I, I, I'm fulfilling a promise I made to my wife that I would get her to pink by any means necessary. Cool. Got that. Paramore also. Mm. But it's original lineup blink this year. Oh, oh, that's good. And Peter K at the end of it. He's not yeah. a band, but <laughs> but I'm just glad I I got a ticket somehow. Nice. So happy days. Um, I added. Oh, so are you done? Um, Bo Burnham released the uh the inside B-sides. outtakes. Yeah, yeah. Five years is the best song from this year. It is. Um, I also enjoyed the future. What the fuck is going on? And the Biden fucking. Mm. <laughs> they're gonna make me vote for Joe <laughs> Biden. Biden. <laughs> Love that. One Republic. I don't like, but their song from Top Gun Maverick got a lot of play from me. Right. Like it fit that. I I've, I finished writing up the um the best years article today at work uh-huh. and like <laughs> the, the, the I feel like a dumb bitch for liking this movie thing hmm. goes into the music as well. I was like I like a One Republic song, but like oh. it's because it was just really good in that fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. attack football game scene. I just really like Top Gun Maverick, um, and that's oh oh, oh and the best uh, musical meme of the year, it was from Ghost. So thanks for that. Well, it wasn't actually from Ghost. It was from a YouTuber covering the Ghost song Year Zero. Mm. Um, and then that somehow got pulled onto TikTok and put against videos of cats and dogs looking demonic. And Oh, yeah. Love it. That's gotten too much. You sent me the Funky Town remix. Oh, I, I love that. Don't you take me to <laughs> I added, oh, one side <laughs> And it's, I, I, I am fucking ashamed to admit this. It's from a fucking TikTok thing. Oh, no. But it's World's Smallest Violin by AJR. Right. Which if you've gone on Instagram Reels for a time, you would have heard it. It's the one that goes... And blow up into And I was like, well, that's catchy. I listened to the full song. I was like, mm, I'm going to have to test that in the wild, but let's just see what happens. Mm. And it is all about that ending. Yeah. But so is um, All Revved Up With No Place To Go by Meatloaf. And I fucking love that song. True. So why not have that? That is a meandering fucking three minutes to then get to a fucking um, excellent last 30 seconds. I'll so. tell you what I'm sick of hearing. Go on. Um, 
on on the continuing trend of TikTok, TikTok, yeah, TikTok is ruining music. Yes. Outside of the year zero meme, which I do like, I am fucking sick of hearing Megan Trainer. I do not want to have Megan Trainer in this world a second longer. Uh uh-uh. uh. Why does she need to come back? <sighs> we were aware of her feelings about the base. Yes. And that's all we needed from. And now I don't need to hear her talking about all the brands she wears. I hear it every day. <laughs> I have a I have a wife that is obsessed with watching not TikTok because she hasn't downloaded TikTok. She fucking may as well. But watches the TikToks being reposted onto YouTube. Yeah. Because we've got YouTube bands that has no adverts on yeah. it. And every day of my life can have a good fucking I, I hate it so much I, I know she won't listen to this podcast it is the one thing that my wife does that boils my fucking blood <laughs> like we've, we've 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 been very happily blissfully married for two years now but like this. this is the you know in the Lee Evans routine where it's like the love fucking toothpaste yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this that, that. Oh my fucking god! If I have to hear that, I've not seen her all of today. I left the house at yeah, like yeah, yeah. I guarantee by the end of tonight I will have heard it at least twice. <laughs> I fucking hate that song. This is karma for you sending me the fucking have sex song. <laughs> so I am not in any way. Oh yeah, that's the best song of the year. It's not the best song. <laughs> right, I'm gonna torture you now by talking about wrestling for twenty minutes. Right, okay. If I start to go past a twenty minute mark, okay, stop me. I'm so, gonna be kind and I'm gonna give you twenty. One minute. Okay, okay. If we get up to the two-hour mark on the recording, yep. stop me. Yep. So, here we go. As with most things in wrestling, the most interesting thing didn't happen on screen. No. It happened outside. Right. So, just so I can have a fun thing to end on, I'll talk about the best of the year in a second. But we have to talk about Vince McMahon. So, <laughs> if you don't know, Vince McMahon is the owner, CEO, and everything else of the WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world, right? Yes. He has been in that position since the late 70s and has ruled it with a fucking iron claw. If you like wrestling, whether you like to admit it or not, it's because of Vince McMahon. Mm. And that feels awful. Everyone knows he's both, A, a deeply, deeply weird person. (laughs) Just the nutshell version is he hates sneezing because it's something he can't control. He genuinely cannot be around anyone who sneezes. And he himself hates when he has to sneeze because he can't control that. What the fuck? He's a deeply, deeply fucking weird man. Um, and two, he's dodgy as fuck. Yes. He always has been. Now, you can say all the, the glowing things about his creative genius in the fucking 90s and all that, and he's responsible for taking WWE, which was just a regional New York promotion in the fucking 70s, and he's now what it is today. Mm. The last five to ten years, the, the product hasn't been good. Occasional flare-ups, usually because not because of Vince McMahon, but almost in spite of him, mm. like my boy Daniel Bryan. It yes. was not meant to happen, but through for, sheer force of fucking will, <laughs> we made it happen. It's not been good. Last few years especially have been fucking dour. They've been sacking people off despite record profits. He's a bad person. Haven't they had like good people on the roster and just oh, nothing yeah, yeah, with yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. So, but it got to the point of like... The only way they're going to get him out in a body bag, he's going to die at the wheel, right? There's no way he's going to fucking go gracefully. Just not the man he is. He only has four hours worth of uh, sleep a night. He wo- he's the biggest workaholic going. Like, he just, he, he lives to work. But, finally, mm. in June or July, 
whilst I was taking a poop at work, <laughs> I checked on Twitter and it was like the Wall Street Journal, no less. Not fucking silly wrestling outlets. The Wall Street Journal published an article saying he is under internal investigation by his own board for sexual harassment issues. I remember seeing this. And much like Al Capone, <laughs> it wasn't all the crimes he did that got him. It was the fucking accounting that got him. The... I thought you were going to say, much like Al Capone, Josh Trank is going to make a shit <laughs> film of his life. Much like Al Capone, Vince Man is dying of fucking syphilis. No, <laughs> the account, the tax man got him, yeah. not the fucking crime people got him. Yep. So, turns out he'd been investigating, not because he had had what apparently was a consensual relationship with someone who worked in HR. I have to pre- preface this with all, allegedly. Hmm. Um. They were investigating him because they had to find out if he used company money for the payoff, that he, the hush money payoff he'd done. Right, okay. So he was under investigation. Now, if he was any other CEO in the world... That'd be it. He would lay low mm. at the very least. He would take it easy. He wouldn't do anything public. He'd just let the PR machine do what it needs to do. He would Bobby Kotick the situation. Fucking bury that shit six foot deep. Mm. This is Vince McMahon we're talking about. <laughs> this happened on a Friday. He immediately announced about two hours after this article I met. Vince McMahon's going to open Raw tonight. Oh, Jesus. Smackdown no. even, sorry. And he came out and basically did nothing but repeat the company mantra, which is then, now, forever. He added one more word to the end, which was together. Which, again, from the outside looking, you might think of like that was him weirdly saying thank you to everybody. This wouldn't have been possible without you. This was mafia talk. Oh, no. If I fucking go down. You're coming with we me. We all go down together. Oh, God. So, but then more allegations come out. Now mm. women are coming out with, like, old stuff that everyone knew about. Like, if you want to look up Rita Chasterton from the fucking 80s, like, allegations were coming out and coming out and coming out. He steps down as CEO, names his daughter as CEO, so a little bit of nepotism still there, but still in charge of creative, the only bit I fucking care about. And then finally, when I was in Gibraltar, no less, mm. I was getting a round of drinks, and I was going back to the table and like on turn round to see where I was as I had stopped dead, open mouth, staring at my phone, going, Oh my fucking god, it's happened. He announced his retirement at the mm. age of seventy seven. I had to try and put it into context of why I was like, This is this is the news. This is the biggest news in wrestling. Yeah. And my analogy was, this is like the Queen has died news. Didn't know how apt a fucking <laughs> analogy that was gonna fucking be. But there we are. So he's gone. Yeah. Fucking Gonzo. Now the big question finally arrives is like, what is WWE post McMahon? Yes. Most people think, idiot, he's going to fall off a cliff without mm. him, right? Mm. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is the golden age. This is, here we go. Because my boy, my beautiful little boy, he is Vince's son-in-law, so it's just some nepotism, but Triple H is getting the fucking book, mm. right? Triple H who fucking crafted golden era NXT into being the best wrestling TV show that has ever existed. Yeah. He's fucking, he's got the money. He's got the main fucking creative job in the company. They're going to make it a Ty Dillinger. They're going to make it a fucking Ty Dillinger. Ironically, without Ty Dillinger. But there we are. There is Ty Dillinger now. Uh, He's not, he was in AEW for a while. He's kind of seems to be on the way out. Uh. So he might turn up, who knows? And Triple H gets it back. He hires all these people that fucking Triple H got rid of. He fucking, he got Bray Wyatt back. It's fucking, he's fucking banging show after banging show after banging show. Fucking including a, a Clash at the Castle, the first UK pay-per-view since 1992. Mm. It's a fucking excellent show. It does have fucking Tyson Fury singing Wonderwall at the end of it. Oh, God. So it's not all p- fantastic. But... And also Tyson Fury in general. 
in general. Fucking awful human being. But he did have a banger of a match from perennial year-end list maker Walter. He's called Gunther now, which is a problem. But he's still <laughs> didn't Walter. They, didn't they do that with another dude as well? They were like, this guy's thing is he's German now. Yes, yeah, so he was called um he was called Martel Bartel. Yeah. He's now called Ludwig Kaiser. <laughs> Subtlety. But it's still fine. It's still Walter. He had a match against Sheamus. It was fucking excellent. And AEW had its own patch. I'm going to talk about it in a second. It was going a bit wobbly for a bit because their own fucking off-the-field drama. Mm. But they'd all got it together for the end of 2023. And I was here at the end of 2022. And it's like, 2023 is going to be a hell of a fucking year for wrestling. Mm. Just before New Year, they actually announced we're getting another pay-per-view this year. But we're getting one of the big five. We're getting money in the bank in London in like June time. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get to go to a fucking that's, WWE pay-per-view. That's the one fight over a briefcase. Yes, it yeah. is. It, it's not one of the big four, but it's kind of the big five. It's not the Rumble. It's not WrestleMania, but it it's something. So what are the big the big? So the four? big four are WrestleMania, WrestleMania Royal, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Su- Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series. So right. WrestleMania's in April. Uh, SummerSlam's August. Uh, Survivor Series in November. So uh, Royal Rumble is uh, January. Mm. The four big pillars that the year's meant to revolve around. Survivor Series has kind of been on its, like, not been great recently. Mm. And SummerSlam is like, yeah, usually when all the big celebrity stuff happens. Money in the Blank, Money in the Bank is so good, it's now considered the fifth one. Right. We're getting that. And I was like, here we fucking go. Yeah. Let me tell you about the journey of the first three weeks of 2023. <laughs> because as I put in the fucking meme, somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> because even though Vince stepped down and retired as CEO and all that stuff, he still owns all the stock. Hmm. And most importantly, he owns all the voting stock. Oh, no. So he wrote a message. He wrote a letter to the board saying, I would like to come back, please. His own board, which I again should point out includes both his daughter and his son-in-law, mm. unanimously said, no, that's not a good <laughs> idea for stakeholders. And then Vince went, that's very interesting. I appreciate your opinions. I'm not going to listen to them. But there we are. He then uses his voting power to re-elect himself onto his own board because he can do that. Jesus. And sacks off two of the people to make room for two Vince cronies to come back. So now he's got power over voting on the board anyway. And two other people leave, including the bloke who was in charge of the investigation, into Vince McMahon. Oh, God. So now he sits on a board that told him, it's not good that you come back. But he managed to get the share other shareholders on side by saying, I'm going to sell the company for a massive fucking profit. Ah. So that they don't care who's in charge if they're going to make some fucking money. Mm. And that's, he said he's not coming back to deal with creative. And so far, again, it's only been three weeks. <laughs> So I wasn't listening to it, but uh, he said he's not going to deal with creative. Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, came out and tried to tell the locker room, everything's fine, calm down. Two days later, she quit. So there's that. So his own daughter has fucking walked out on him. Triple H is still there, but it's looking fucking rocky. And then came the news. Now, I should preface this with saying it's they've said it's fake news. Yeah. Saudi Arabia, no less, we're going to buy them. Oh. They have a relationship with Saudi Arabia. They signed a five-year deal to do big yeah. pay-per-views they, over there. Did they do Mania there one of the years? They, they've, they're meant to be like Mania-equivalent shows. Right. They're not really that, but like they're, they're, they're close enough. They get like Tyson Fury arrested yeah. on that show. It's where Logan Paul fought Roman Reigns fucking this year. So, But it's a very problematic thing. It's incredibly fucking problematic. I mean, it's basically the Qatar World Cup times of million. It, it is. So 
they've started it's called sports washing it's a big thing in the corporate world now they're trying to rehabilitate their cells by doing sports washing so a lot of the anthony joshua fights recently have been over in saudi arabia they brought newcastle football club mm. but i didn't care about those things it was boxing and newcastle for a fucking football <laughs> club i don't give a shit about those things when you come for my wrestling i'm like well i can't watch it anymore mm. i can't justify watching i have to give money to a dictatorship yeah. like that's to a place, to a place where FMG is still, yeah. Sorry, FGM is still like, yes. fucking rife. They wouldn't let the women wrestle on the first two Saudi Arabia shows, fucking and when hell. they did, they were essentially in bin bags, like literally neck to toe. They are completely covered, and I understand it's a cultural thing, but it doesn't bode well if they're then in charge of a, an American company that employs a lot of women yep. and LGBT. Q people who yep. can be killed in, well, fucking, at least put in jail in Saudi Arabia. If and then was. mysteriously, yes, yes. So it's fucking horrific. Now, it came out pretty shortly after they were like, look, we've not heard anything of this. It's not, it, deals can't be done that quickly. This takes months to do. I still wouldn't be surprised if they are the one that got it. Because I was like, if Disney buy it, that makes it more accessible for me. That's great. It will mean a lot of cops cutting has to do, because that's what you do when you buy a company. You then immediately start chopping shit off it. Yep. And eventually they would want to put Disney people in charge and putting non-wrestling people in charge of wrestling companies has never worked, mm. never will do. But yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, now wrestling's in a much darker place because Vince McMahon is back. He basically Trojan horse himself back into the company. The allegations haven't gone away. He's no. still being sued by several people. Jesus but um, yeah, he's back to sell the company. A lot of people have thrown the hats in the ring. I think Disney seems, of all the American options, the most likely... The guy who owns AEW apparently has the money and would be interested, but I know Vince would never fucking allow. Well, this is it. That is their main competition. He wouldn't allow that to happen. Yeah, like he, he, just, he, he crushed WCW. Yes, he's not allowed he's to not, let no. the fucking junior division fucking buy his company out from and, him. And how uh, are they doing? Well, here we go. We're now gonna. That's that's the news um, covered. We're now going to talk about wrestling. Now, for the most part, even though creative has got a lot better over the last six months. Still not watching it on the regular. Mm. I'm watching a lot more stuff on YouTube, including my favourite storyline in all of wrestling is happening in WWE right now. But AEW is still the thing I'm watching the most often. So I'm just going to... I haven't really got matches of the year. I'm just going to rattle off four. If you want to get back into wrestling, you want to be interested in stuff, here's what you need to pay attention to. I'm still doing good for time. Happy days. Yep. Brian Danielson, still the best wrestler in the fucking world. Still my baby. Um, it's a great year. He had, um, he had Adam Page's first... Um, title defense at the start of the year. It was a fucking banging match. That is not the one I've suggested. He then, there's this really, was a really interesting storyline in AEW that was basically the two sides of wrestling having a fucking cultural fucking war against each other. You had Brian Danielson on one side with the Blackpool Combat Club, <laughs> named after William Regal, the manager, who is actually from Codsell, but lives in Blackpool and it was named in his honor. Right representing professional wrestling. And then the other side, you have Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society representing sports entertainment. Right. It was a philosophical war for the heart of fucking wrestling. But it just went on too long <laughs> and got convoluted by other stuff I'm going to now. But DB has still had fucking banging match after banging match. Every match is in his fucking excellent. If you want a recommendation, watch his match versus Daniel Garcia from... August 17th, it's a two out of three fall match. It's fucking excellent. Right. Now, as I mentioned, AEW had its own fucking problem this mm. year. 
in that it was the golden child. Then Triple H came in at the wrong time for AEW because everything was going to be pear-shaped. This is typified by CM fucking Punk, a man I have very complicated fucking emotions <laughs> towards. He had a very polar opposite six months at the start of the year to the one he had at the end. First six months of the year was happy CM Punk. He was happy, he was loving life, and he had the feud of the year against a guy called MJF. I brought him up in the Christmas cameo mm. um, special. He's the guy with rock level talking abilities. Right, yeah, yeah. And there is a this is a entire feud based on one photo from circa two thousand and seven of a young MJF meeting CM Punk at a fan signing. Right. And it's they're like type of thing. <laughs> but MJF is a dickhead heel, right? Mm. So he has taken it like you walked away from wrestling. You were my favourite thing in the world. You were the only thing stopping me from being deeply depressed. And then you just left and there was nothing left. And I hate you for that. I'm now going to burn you to the ground. Right. It was this deeply personal feud. It was fucking excellent. It culminates in a dog collar match, um, which is exactly as it sounds. You are tied together with a big chain around your fucking neck. <laughs> that happened at Revolution in March. Watch it. It's bloody and glorious. And uh. That was happy CM Punk. Mm. He even got to go back to his old, his old Ring of Honor music. It's fucking excellent. <laughs> he won the title of Adam Page. And then everything went wrong. Mm. He got injured in the match where he became world champion. But they kept him as champion. They named an interim champion in his place. That gave him time to go home and think. And that's not good when it comes to CM Punk. <laughs> so I do not have time to go into a guy called Colt Cabana. But he used to be CM Punk's best friend. Mm. When CM Punk left the WWE, he went on Colt Cabana's podcast, fucking tore him a new one. And then they got sued over it. Mm. And CM Punk is a multimillionaire. Colt Cabana is not. Mm. He's an indie wrestling darling. Didn't have the money to pay the lawsuit. And allegedly CM Punk said he would pay for him and then didn't. So Colt Cabana had to sue CM Punk. So these two best friends have been torn apart. Right. Colt Cabana made to AEW before CM Punk did. But the second CM Punk came about, no one's really seeing Colt Cabana on TV anymore. Right. I wonder if there's a coincidence. So... This has been burning away at CM Punk for a while. He's a man who holds grudges. He comes back from injury. He has a match against John Moxley at a pay-per-view, wins his title back, right? For some fucking reason, AEW, because they want to differentiate them from WWE, have a gimmick where after the pay-per-view, they have a media scrum, like you see at the end of football matches. Mm. And they got CM Punk straight from the ring into this thing. And it's almost like it's a bad idea to get emotionally fragile, big egoed people, minutes removed from a fucking match where they've bled heavily and are probably exhausted, and then putting them on a panel in front of wrestling journalists whose job it is to criticise their every move. Right. It's almost like that's a bad idea. <laughs> Who could have possibly foreseen that this would go fucking pear-shaped? Right. And CM Punk is just in a bad mood, and he goes off with the owner of the company sat next to him, goes on this fucking tirade against the entire company, calling out, all the wrestlers that helped set it up, calling them all fucking children. He worked with babies and idiots and everyone's shit and I hate everything. And that, he went backstage. Those wrestlers basically showed him and said, what the fuck? They got into a big fight. <laughs> an actual a, fight. An actual fight at a show called All Out. This became known colloquially as Brawl Out. <laughs> and he's stripped of his title and has not been back since. Shit. He's persona non grata. He wants out of his fucking contract. So in a year, 
CM Punk went from, oh, I'm back in professional wrestling, yay, to I fucking hate everything. And that is the CM Punk experience. <laughs> MGF, on the other hand, has kind of had a little bit of a wobble himself halfway through the year where he almost quit the company over not getting paid enough. Oh. But he has ended the year as world champion. They managed to get him back, negotiate with him, and now he's world champion. And has basically said, my contract ends at the end of 2023. And whether it's kayfabe, whether it's just for storyline, who knows? He's like, I'm off, lads. you got a year left of this, and I'm going to the big dub to get my big fucking payday, so fuck all you. So he's basically holding the fucking title hostage. Mm. Excellent. He's doing Triple H shit. Yes, he yeah. fucking is. Should have pointed out, also, one part of Vince McMahon's comeback was they have to renegotiate all their TV deals in this year, for ready for new Oh, that's years. interesting. Okay. And he said, I have all the voting power. Uh, I won't approve any TV deal unless you make me chairman of the board. So he held his own company, company to ransom, saying, Christ. I will take you off TV if you don't put me back on the board. That's fucking mental. Prick. So yeah, CM Punk, MJF, they had a big old year together. Mm. The other side of the CM Punk coin, I've got time, I've got time. you got time, you got time. Was the elite. Yes. Kenny Omega, king of the weebs, yes. and his boys, the Young Bucks, were the people that CM Punk was calling children. Mm. Kenny Omega had only just come back from a long-term injury and had just won the trios titles on the All Out pay-per-view, had this big fight, allegedly got bit by CM Punk's friend. <laughs> and there's a photo of him where you can see bite marks on his fucking oh, arm. Jesus. Apparently all this happened, by the way, over a dog. CM Punk's oh. dog got hit in the face of a door and that what led all this to what fucking happen. Fuck? Anyway, so they're also stripped of their titles. But they helped form the company... And wouldn't you know, the internal investigation sided in their favour. Oh Who'd have thunk? God. But they came back. They faced off against a team called Death Triangle, who were the people who picked up the six-man tag titles after mm. they left. And Death Triangle is comprised of the Lucha Brothers, who are brothers who do Lucha things, <laughs> and Mad Geordie Bastard Pack. Um, and they do all the flips. <laughs> they came back. Everyone thought, well, the Elite are going to win. Get back to normal. Fucking... Death Triangle won, and then they decided, fuck it, let's have a best of seven series. Right. If you just want flips and mad <laughs> shit, watch the... It happened at the end of the year. Watch their entire best of seven season. It's the best run of matches. So is this, is this like year. an engineered storyline? Is this what you could call a Death Triangle strategy? It was. It? Oh, you fucker. <laughs> How dare you bring up Death's fucking Triangle strategy wasn't good. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so it's, um, it's a hell of a run of matches. Please do watch it if you get a chance because it's just all flips all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Now I get to, I've got two minutes to talk about my favorite story of the year. Yes. Happened over in WWE. It's my boy Sami Zayn. Hmm. Now this has a tie to Jackass because he too had a very weird two ends of the year. At the start of the year, he was feuding with Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Um, he he was saying, I can't remember how it even came about, but actually Johnny Knoxville entered into the Royal Rumble. Yep. Sami Zayn took exception to c- celebrities being in the Rumble and this led to a WrestleMania match that was essentially Jackass 4.25. <laughs> it was the best match of the whole fucking weekend. I haven't even mentioned this mad year that Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of retirement to wrestle a match at WrestleMania. Jesus. He wrestled in the main event of night one against Kevin Owens and it was fucking excellent because that <laughs> meant for a split second my number one favourite wrestler, Brian Danielson, and my number two favourite wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, were both active wrestlers. And I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe one and two could face each other. Anyway, no matter. Yeah, had a, a fucking jackass episode in the middle of WrestleMania, mm. which involved him getting hit with a bowling ball in the dick, Wee Man <laughs> slamming him, um, 
him being hit by the big hand and being pinned by a giant mousetrap. Incredible. Which malfunctioned, but thankfully Johnny Knoxville just knows how to work big mousetraps <laughs> and managed to pull the thing to make it snap on him. If you watch nothing else from wrestling this year, Michael, watch Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville from WrestleMania. It was fucking... Uh. It seemed like that ingratiated him to Vince, of all people. And they decided to give him a bit of a push. They involved him with the bloodline, which is Roman Reigns, big dick, king of fucking wrestling, holds all the title belts. It's his faction, which is made up of his real-life cousins, the Uso brothers and so on. Oh, this is the family thing. The family thing. Yes. The thing that they all think The Rock's going to come back to WrestleMania to fight him over control of the family. Yeah. He was like... Basically, Roman... He tried to like get in with Roman saying... I've got a conspiracy theory against me. You've got one against you. Let's be fucking bad guy friends. And Roman Reigns basically used Sami Zayn as the putty patrol. Uh, like just <laughs> fucking someone was trying to fight Roman Reigns and he'd just go, um, yeah, you go fucking Sami Zayn. Go X-Pop yeah. this for me. Go hit Brock Lesnar for me. <laughs> and Brock Lesnar would fucking eat him alive. But Sami Zayn would just keep coming back because he was clearly like, he just wanted some friends. Um, and... He just keeps getting more over and more over with the fans because they can tell he's just, he's just, he's like just misguided. Hmm. He just wants to feel like he belongs somewhere, like someone's got his back. And it is the most wholesome thing in wrestling that somehow Sami Zayn is the most over good guy in all of wrestling, despite the fact he's in the biggest bad guy group in all of wrestling. <laughs> and it's, I don't, I, I, I will go into it in full in my written article, but. Sami Zayn is basically, he was for a time my favourite wrestler in the world. When DB was retired, Sami Zayn was that. Unfortunately for him, Brian Danielson came back and regained his top spot. But Sami Zayn's definitely just waiting in the wings for that day to come again. And it led to, we're now in a situation where his real life best friend, Kevin Owens, has come back into the picture and has pointed, they're just using you. You understand that you're not, you're not even the same, like, races them that you're not in the family and this is the group entirely built around family they're going to turn on you at some point but Sami Zayn's too fucking deep in the hole and he's like (laughs) no and I know what's going to happen at some point they're going to betray him and it's going to break your heart because Sami Zayn this is the thing the reason it's got over so much is Sami Zayn has one mission in life and that's to make Roman Reigns crack on camera (laughs) and he has got very good at it <laughs> every episode of smackdown there is clearly a point where they have to start going like because they're meant to be these big serious tough guys but he's just out there to make them laugh at each other <laughs> and it's going to be heartbreaking when he does it and in an ideal world Sami Zayn will beat roman reigns and become champion that's not going to happen for two reasons three reasons one it just doesn't seem like it's on the cards they're going to have to call an audible and change but if the rock's out Maybe, but everyone knows that's the big money match, and I'm not even arguing against that. Two, he's not a Vince McMahon guy. He's far too short and skinny, and he's from the independent wrestling scene. Three, he's part Syrian, so if the Saudis get hold of it, Mm. he's never been on a Saudi Arabia show because they won't let him. He wouldn't go anyway, but he's banned from Saudi Arabia shows because he's quarter Syrian. So they're definitely not having him being fucking champion of the company. So. I know my heart of hearts. I won't get to see him be... He's never been WWE champion. I would love him to be. It would be on the same level of Brian when DB won it for the first time. Yeah. I think they're going to pin him to go against the Usos for the tag titles. He's going to turn babyface, get back with Kevin Owens and do that. And that'll be the WrestleMania payoff. But the Rumble's in a week. Mm. 
you you will be woken up at roughly let's say half four in the morning <laughs> by me going yeah <laughs> when if if and when Sammy wins that match because yeah. it would be you know it makes the most sense storyline wise but I just know they're not going to do it but yeah that's the best thing about wrestling and now Saudi Arabia is going to ruin it all but we've we, but we've still got Zack Sabre Jr. we have I haven't even mentioned Zacky B <laughs> so Zack Sabre Jr. came out because when you said I finally like a wrestler I was like yeah. Kenny's done it the king of the weeds <laughs> has finally got you on he came out to suffer off at fucking Wrestle Kingdom that was pretty fucking, was fucking great rad. Instead, you've got behind Zack Sabre Jr., who is he fights with his brain <laughs> and an underlying hatred of the Conservative Party. Love it. On the biggest night of his career at WrestleMania, at Wrestle Kingdom 12 or 14 or whatever it was, when he won his first ever singles title in New Japan, he felt the need on his entrance to go, Hey, Rishi! Rishi, you dickhead! Pay nurses! <laughs> I love that video of him blaming a loss on Boris Johnson being Prime Minister is like all time favourite things. I <laughs> not even a real country, not a fake country, not a make believe country, but a real country. I know we've already mentioned it, but like he is by for like the height of not taking shit seriously, but also taking shit seriously. This is the wonderful thing about all the either English or American or Australian wrestlers that are in New Japan. Mm. They know they can swear because <laughs> the Japanese are just not picking up on it. Yep. So they all just take it to fucking extreme. <laughs> and they're going, you fucking nerds. You, are just, you just read about wrestling. I have to care about politics. I'm the British champion. I have to care about these fucking political matters. <laughs> and you don't know. Or Jay White, whose just favourite thing is just to scream fuck as loud as he can because he knows the <laughs> Japanese are not paying attention to him. So there's just, he's one promo was after he lost the title. him just going, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and they have, they probably know, but yeah. like, they don't fucking care are we all gonna get into japanese pro wrestling is that what's gonna to have to happen i i it's the one thing i've never really got into is new japan because i even when it was in its goal it was undeniably the best wrestling company in the world i didn't get into oh, it with that show you showed me because they were the ones that did the exploding barbed wire show that actually they looked did. real yes yes where the fucking stage just goes yeah, yeah. Like that <laughs> basically AEW took all of their best american wrestlers at the very mm. least and all the Japanese ones that have left there have now come to AEW. They had Forbidden Door this year. Mm. Weird name for a pay-per-view if you don't know anything <laughs> about wrestling, that it was called the Forbidden Door. Ooh. Oh, scary. You must not touch it. Um, but that was AEW and New Japan crossover show. It was right. fucking dope. Oh, my God. It was so good. Uh, that was meant to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson, which, yes. That would have been a hell of a thing. DB got injured two weeks beforehand. Ah. He, was, he still had a good match. He got to face um, Cesaro or what's he called there? Claudio Castagnoli. It was still banging, but I think they're going to go again this year when, when Forbidden Door 2 rolls around. So they'll, they'll actually do Zack yes. Sabre University. Brian, Brian Danielson. Danielson. <laughs> and it'll be the most technical fucking match you've ever seen in your fucking life. And, and when Brian Danielson wins, he'll be like, Rishi Sunak is the Prime Minister <laughs> of a real country. <laughs> I wish Wrestle Kingdom had happened during the fucking um, Liz Truss bit. Oh my that God. would have been fucking golden, but yes. <laughs> and that was wrestling there we go and it's... that was 2022 sorry i just need to point out we've only had three weeks worth of wrestling brian danielson already had three match of the year contenders <laughs> jesus and Christ. we're not even at the end of january he wrestled bandido last night it was fucking unbelievable um <laughs> yeah it's time to get into wrestling michael i've tried for years just watch aw it's on it's on a friday night on Listen... itv4 at like <laughs> nine or ten o'clock at night that's not helping no is it not <laughs> you you've got me to watch a lot more more wrestling than i've ever watched in my life you're welcome pre-1997 yeah so like i take those well, on 
Yeah, you got me to watch the fucking the, the Walter and Ilya. Yeah, Walter and Ilya. Oh, Ilya's been injured all fucking year. He's miserable. He'll be back soon. But yes, oh, oh, yeah. That, that's the thing. Of all the wrestling matches I want to tell you to watch this year, definitely watch Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville from <laughs> from, uh, from WrestleMania. It was unbelievably good. Well, there um, we go. Oh, that's the year done, isn't it? That's everything. Twenty twenty two. It's in the books. It's behind us. It is. We've got 2023 ahead of us. Now, it's the end of January. So far, I have watched one movie. Oh, that's one more than me. A Man Called Otto. Ah. A.K.A. Tom Tanks unsuccessfully trying to kill himself for two hours. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I finished no TV. I, like I said, I'm trying to get through dark material, but it is mm. dense. So I haven't managed that yet, but... Some things are going to commence. Hogwarts Legacy is not far away. February 10th. I mean, the big kind of like the first big push from Disney Plus this year has been Welcome to Chippendales, which I haven't got around to watching, primarily because the totem of awful is in there. Yes, he fucking is. The, and it's a show about male strippers yeah. pe- fronted by fucking what's-his-face. Kumail Nanjiani. I'm like, there's nothing about this I want to watch. <laughs> but they've, they've been pushing that hard. And then basically, so it's, we're recording on the 19th of January. On the 20th of January, literally all of the Oscar contenders are coming out. So, like, I'm going to have a very busy fucking time. So, Wait, like, tomorrow? Yeah. So, like... T- um, How dare they tarnish my day with having fucking all of the fucking Oscar movies? Yep. No. <laughs> There's only one movie you watch on January 20th. It's Jurassic Park. Yes. It's the best movie. Well, technically, best you start day. watching it on the 19th. You do start watching it. I need to go home and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did think I was like I need to rewatch Dominion because I haven't watched it since then. I'm like I. You I, don't want to do that. I kind of do. Why? For, for, for posterity. What one posterity will that grant you? <laughs> I don't know. I've just got this inkling of like I need to watch it. No, we know you don't make a Jurassic three call. You just don't. No, you just stop at two. You stop at two. You stop at two and you move on. Um, yeah. So. We do have stuff coming up in terms of stuff. Yo, that's not how that we do this. We that's pitch, not how we, we, do we this. tell them where to go, Michael. We can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marco, and you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at The Goodridge. You can go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with the username FowlyNT. That's F O U L E N T. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username FowlyNT or FowlyNT Podcast, depending on the service that you're using. And of course, you can go to FowlyEntertainment.com for all the other year end review articles and podcasts and so much more going into 2023 that we do so coming up very shortly like i said we have hogwarts legacy is yes. just around the corner um i'm actually excited for it yes uh the last of us has started it has started have you watched the first episode not yet, yet. i have oh. done very well to keep away from it oh. I, I'm, I, I can't wait also oh. i've got that in the draft and it's had nothing but rave Oh, you fucking have. <laughs> I keep thinking I've got it, but I had it last year. Yep. Ah! I've got it, baby. The first episode's unbelievable. Mm? As like a, as an adaptation. Of like the first era of the game. Perfect. No Literally way. perfect. Oh, Would man. not change a single fucking thing fucking about it. I love you, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> oh, yep, fucking Mandalorian's not miles away. It's uh, not. Neither is Ant-Man Quantum Mania. That is... Feb 16th, yeah, something so, like that? So in the next month or so, we'll actually have stuff to review. We will. That's <laughs> nice. It's a good thing that we use for January to, to do this. Cause... Culmination. Yeah, nothing comes out in fucking January. I'm say nothing comes out in January. Did I see the most movies in January? Um, I feel like you'd seen like, like, you watched like 16 of them or something stupid. Um, It was one, two, three four five six. so seven in it was february that was the big big billy big bollocks last month yeah yes 
Um, but January was not far behind it. Mm. The problem was with that though is that all the Oscar stuff was like coming out fucking first day of January. Yeah, yeah. This looks like tomorrow we've got Tar and Babylon, even though Babylon looks like it's not going to get nominated no. for much. But it's like Tar is an absolute nail on for mm. best picture and best actress. Like it's just going to fucking happen. Um, the reviews are universal. Um, in, in terms of the praise for yes. Kate Blanchett, so looking forward to that. The 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 thing that we that I'm super excited about is that everything everywhere all at once is doing fucking well. Oh, it's doing gangbusters, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's gonna get that best picture nom. I think it's it's between that Tar Elvis and I don't know actually. What else? Can... Sonic. <laughs> well, well, did you see the BAFTA nominations? No. We'll end this episode in a minute. The BAFTA nominations, they gave 13 nominations to All Quiet on the West, on the Western Front, which we missed from last oh, year. Oh, yeah, I didn't fucking get re- into that. I do want to see it, because yeah, I've yeah. seen it on stage a couple of times, and uh-huh. it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, Top Gun Maverick. There you go. Right. People are saying, like, it could be Top Gun for Best Picture. Not winning, but nominated. And we could see Angela Bassett win for Black Panther. Yeah, because she wins. She won the fucking Golden Globe. So it's it's pretty much a straight fight between her and Kate Blanchett for Tar at this moment. Right. Okay. So that's interesting. But Kihi Kwan, he's mm, there. He's you back. could. He's back. You could give him an Oscar. No, That'd be nice. I don't think he'd win an Oscar. I don't think he will. But no, it would be nice if he did. A nomination, I'm sure, would be mm. nice enough, considering people have slagged him off for his acting skills <laughs> since he was fucking ten years old. Yep. So fair enough. And then he gives us Waymond, and it's just incredible. I know. It's good. It's back. We've got so many people. Brendan Fraser's back in the world. The whale's out next month. I'm looking forward to that. I thought that'd come out. It has in America. Oh. It's really annoying. It's that shit every time I look at my year and I'm like, that didn't come out that year. It's been out fucking Yonks. Because the Yanks get it two months before us. There we are. It's because we're not a real country. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to end on a Zack Sabre Jr. quote? There we go. Bye, everybody! Bye!